Hello, everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast episode 474 for the week of September 8th, 2018. I'm Chris Privetier, bringing you this week's show about RPGs. Joining me today, we got a packed show. First off, from England, Alice Wilkinson. I'm back. You're back. Also from England, Alex Fuller. And also back. Also back. Kelly Ryan joins us from under the oppressive... Um, watch of a kitty. Yes, he is glaring at me intently because I um, keep moving and he doesn't like it. Mm. Anna Marie did not sleep so well, so she is not going to join us this morning. So I think we will have her PAX impressions next week. Um, and Jonathan Stringer might show up at some point during the show. So we'll see if he pops on. All right. Whew. It's been a while. It has been a while. So we had a lot of stuff go down. Um, yeah. So how did this all work out? Um, what happened two weeks ago? Right. Well, yeah. we got the bad news <laughs> on ba- cast yes. and ended up deciding to cancel it just because none of us really felt like making jokes yeah. because of the bad news. Yes. So two weeks ago, um, Michael Cunningham, our editor-in-chief at RB Gamer, uh, passed away after a very long battle with cancer. Um, we have uh, some memorial tributes uh, up on RP Gamer right now. Uh, we've got a podcast and a short article. We've got more to come. Um, please celebrate Michael's life with us. Um, leave comments. Leave your memories. And um, yeah, uh, let's remember him as the awesome dude he is or was. Um, and yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, I we got it... that news during the show, so that was hard to kind of keep going on yeah. with the show <laughs> yeah it was it would have been very awkward and yeah i mean i didn't know the guy very well but you know i he was a very positive person yep. and i did talk to him a little bit and i mean i was pretty bummed out all day that day yeah so he was a good person and yeah. we're all gonna miss him yes yes we are but um, we have a, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> There's no good transition away from talking <laughs> no, about that, a death. No, there really you know? <laughs> isn't. And then you guys had PAX the weekend. <clears throat> the day after Michael passed, um, we got broken into, Anna Marie and I, um, and dude broke into our house at five in the morning, um, and I heard him do it. I just went back to sleep because I thought I was uh, just overreacting to the cats doing something. And uh, he stole my wallet, my keys, Anna's purse, her keys. So that was fun to deal with the day after Mac passed. And then um, we got our, our stuff together and we, we were able to get up, like all the things needed replaced to get going. And Anna Marie went to PAX at the end of that week. So last week we were at PAX and we played tons of games and uh, there's impressions coming. And um, yeah, PAX was fun. Uh, PAX was a good video game year this year. Um, the, the rest of PAX was kind of weird. There was a lot of, um, a lot of focus on battle royales, surprisingly enough, right? Oh, <laughs> it's like, it's the, the big hawks. thing this year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, that, like one of the places where you'd usually play dr- Dungeons and Dragons and Magic the Gathering was instead dedicated to Fortnite this year. And 
then there was another like the main theater had a bunch of stuff for PUBG. It's like what is all this garbage? And like basically the non-video game experience of PAX this year was not quite what it has been in the past. I can tell you though, if you want to buy a $15,000 gaming table made out of the best woods available, I know a vendor because they were there and they showed it off. Wormwood. Well, isn't, isn't Jonathan getting one of those? So he's, I, I don't think, think he's, he's getting a $15,000 one. Okay. I, I know he's having one custom made, but he said that was also said because it's happening locally that he's getting quite a bit of a discount on it too. Yeah. Not having to worry about shipping and stuff like This is where we make Anchorman jokes. We make what? Oh, Anchorman? Anchorman. Why? Why? My my desk is made of made of rich mahogany. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Mahogany. Let's see. I'm trying to see if I can get a picture of them up on the stream, and I'm just seeing yeah, like. No, there's oh. a, there's a good podcast title for you. My desk is made of rich mahogany. My desk is made of rich mahogany. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, the prophecy. Here it is. Um, let's look here for features. And pricing. It's expensive, guys. It starts at 5000 if you want red oak. Um, if you go all the way up... Um, well, actually, 15000 is the highest quoted one for figured myrtle. Um, they have several woods that you have to contact them because the price varies too much for them to quote. Like Gabin Ebony or English Witch Elm. English Witch Elm did look pretty cool. Um... Rosewood is an option. That's only 11000 Yeah? No? Okay. Well. <laughs> if I was going to spend this kind of money, I would want to get one that was a purple mahogany. Um, um, they I've have seen... purple heart. They have purple heart for 13200 Yeah. That's what it's yeah. Pur- purple heart mahogany. That That is beautiful wood. It, it, and it is, actually. I saw that. <laughs> um, I've, uh, I've been to a couple of woodworking stores with my husband and just in awe at all the different varieties of wood and how expensive they are and they had one that was like it it had red streaks in it because the the tree gets infested by these beetles and then releases this chemical that turns the wood red to kill the beetles it's like what <laughs> it was really cool um i just uh, have one with fancy touch screens and just fancy wood oh well yeah so you want a surface kind of yeah <laughs> Um, so this is More just, so $15,000 gets you the figured Myrtle table. Um, if you want beverage holders in figured Myrtle, they're 145 a piece for small ones, 210 a piece for large ones. If you want a component organizer, that's 120. Uh, if you want a card shelf, that's 320. If you want the master shelf, that's for the game master. It's, you don't really need that. It's for very picky game masters who want their, their GM screen slightly raised among above the table service 450 bucks for that if you want the toppers which is the things you can put on so you can turn it into a regular table for you know eating on that's three thousand dollars so dang you're out 20k pretty quickly if you get the expensive stuff but you know it seats up how to 12 much, people how much of a demand is there i for don't these? know <laughs> they got kickstarted i don't i don't know they were very expensive oh my gosh um they, and they have some other tables that cost less i guess i don't oh it can't be so right. very good low tiers in that kickstarter huh 
There can't be very many low tiers in that Kickstarter. No, I don't think so. Uh, and by the way, we haven't talked chairs yet. So the chairs <laughs> for, for for figured Myrtle, if you want a chair with arms on it, it's uh, $1,850. <laughs> if you want that chair to have accents, it's another $350. <laughs> Or it, you know you, you can, can just spend. Go to Ike. A, hold on, hold on, Kelly. You can spend another two hundred dollars. The seat will be hinged, so you can store stuff inside the chair. Oh yes, which is pretty cool. Or you know you could just go to IKEA and pick up a pair of dining chairs for fifty bucks. No, no, you need your two thousand dollars. These match the table. It's very important. It's designed for a lifetime of use. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, those hardwood chairs are probably pretty durable. I, so, I used to I used to be in the furniture industry. I technically still am, so we I used just, to sell. I, I got to tell you, having, you know, they had all the woods out. They had, like, samples of all the woods. The lower tier woods, like the ones that were actually, you would actually do because they weren't $20,000, you're going to spend $5,000. I didn't like those woods so much. The red oak, the hickory, the white oak. Nah, I wasn't a fan like cherry or bust don't go below that um yeah so if you want a red oak chair they they they'll give you one of those for $850 so you know there you go <sighs> and then yeah and this gets into the whole discussion of you know what what gets dented easily what doesn't and oh my gosh yeah that that Furniture. kind of stuff you need a coaster for uh, yeah, oh okay yeah you're going to require use of coaster on that I know that well, furniture industry story. We used to sell tables like this that had like the hardwood veneers and stuff. And a furniture representative was telling me that they had somebody like put a, brand, a roast turkey right out of the oven on one of them, and the veneers just kind of bubbled and burnt, and it ruined the top of their two thousand dollar mahogany dining table. Pretty much instantly. Mm-hmm. So I can only imagine something like that happening to one of these really expensive gaming tables. Yeah, I've done that to some of my living room my living room coffee table. I've put hot things on it, and so like the finish is all white now. <clears throat> yeah, it's not great. My, my cats have scratched the hell out of our dining table. Mm. Because, you know, the, when they're running around, they use the table as the high ground, so there's claw marks all over it. But that's what happens when yeah, you have when cats. Yeah, cats, yeah. It's the way we love them. <clears throat> damn, damn it, you guys. Stop making me jealous. Anna, do you know what Sorry. our kitchen table is made out of? I don't remember. She might remember. No, I don't know. She's not even paying attention. Okay. Ooh. So aside from PAX, what have you been playing? Me? Um <clears throat> Well, that's a good question. What have I been playing for the past three weeks? Um I didn't play much more WoW. Oh, I, I got to the point where I felt finished with No Man's Sky, because I finished all the story stuff. I don't know if we covered that. Um and like the, I could play the crafting stuff and and traveling for for forever probably, but I said okay, I need I need to play some other games even though I was having really fun with this. Like it's time to move on. 
Um, so I think I'm done with No Man's Sky for now. Um, and then I moved on to Yakuza. So I started playing Yakuza Kiwami again. Um, and getting back into that. And so my idea was I was going to play all the story stuff with Anna so she could watch the story. So I needed to do some other things. So I started playing side quests. And I spent, like, no joke, at least three nights of just dedicated play of just doing side quests in Chapter 5. There are so many side quests in that game. So I'm 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 helping uh little Yakuza apprentices learn that they don't want to be Yakuza apprentices. I'm I'm fixing relationships for people. I'm I, you, you know, the sort of weird shit that Kiryu does all the time. Um mm-hmm. having a blast and eventually ran out of uh, side quests to do and then had to start playing like the main story again cuz yeah, I, I had to progress because <laughs> I was out of other stuff to do. Um, and I needed the story to go further so that I could get better parts for my pocket racer because I couldn't just get my pocket racing car to go fast enough. And it was really bugging me. Um, so, yeah, Yakuza is awesome. And if you've ever forgotten that, don't forget it. It's pretty good. Um, then we went to PAX and played a bazillion things there. Um, can I remember any one of them is the question? Because I always have trouble with that. Uh, oh, here's my phone. It has all our appointments. Let me check that. Maybe, maybe remember what you played that you liked the best? Well, my problem right now is I can't remember anything. So, it would be good if I remember something. Wait. Oh, wait. We put it in a spreadsheet. I better... So let me see. I'm sitting here trying to look for it in my calendar. It's not in my calendar. We made a spreadsheet. PAX 2018. Okay. Okay. So our first appointment. Oh, all right. Ooh, excuse me. Um, I got Anna to play Indivisible, and I think she liked it. That's a Metroidvania with a combat system that's like a Valkyrie Profile. Uh, still oh, looking great. Okay. That's the same demo I played at E3, though, so. Uh, reference my E3 impressions for that. Um, we went and saw uh, NIS America, and they showed us a lot of non-RPGs. <laughs> I don't know why, but that's just kind of how that uh, employment went down. Um, I don't think any of it was embargoed. I hope not. Uh, but we saw one about like the uh, the the prince, the blind prince, and the the lying princess. Which is like some fairy tale. It's a puzzle platformer with a unique art style, but it's like it's like some sort of weird Japanesey or not Japanese, um, some weird like foreign country fairy tale that I've never heard. Where this wolf blinds the prince and feels bad about it, and then you know makes a deal with a witch where she gives up her beautiful singing voice in order to be able to take on a human form and help the prince who's not blind and doesn't realize that she's the wolf who blinded him and I don't know. Anyway, you got to guide him out of a prison because and and get him to where he needs to be and it turns into kind of eco at that point, right? <laughs> Cuz you're you're guiding him places and solving puzzles. Uh and it looks beautiful and it's got this great little uh, art style, so Oh, I, I remember the game that I I saw a preview for that I was curious if you looked at. Have you did you see uh, Gato Roboto? I did see Gato Roboto. Um, I didn't play it. Uh, that was over at the Devolver booth. It was very busy. 
Um, but yeah, that's a little, that's a game where, um, <laughs> you're, some dude like crashes a ship on a planet or something and like he can't get out of it but his cat gets out of the ship and is like hey cat you need to solve everything uh i got a robot suit over there go get in it and and help fix everything and the cat so it says meow and then you get to play as a cat and jump over go and get in the suit and then you it's basically metroid at that point it's like a cat sitting in samus's suit and running around and shooting stuff and 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 it looks like metroid it's in black and and white (laughs) And the progression is right out of Metroid because you yeah. get the regular shot and you get the missiles and yeah. there's energy tanks and all that. Yeah, so that looks really cool. I'm I'm kind of looking forward to that. I don't know when it comes out, um, but yeah, that was yeah that was one of the cool games at Devolver. Devolver had another game, another Metroidvania-ish game uh, called The Messenger, which looks like um, oh, Ninja Gaiden plus that's... Metroidvania. Yeah, that's already out. Oh, is it out? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you could play that now. I just I don't have time. Is the problem? <laughs> oh, the, the yeah. So that looks like um. Oh, I just said what it looks like, and it looks really cool. And they've got you know funky sounds like uh, Ninja Gaiden music and stuff. They had that on a giant screen there at the Devolver booth, and obviously the game they were pushing the most. Um, yeah, that looks that looks neat. Uh, it also looks hard. <laughs> So I don't know if it's Metroidvania or roguelike or both, but um, yeah. You've seen some of the cheeky story screenshots of that. I haven't really seen any gameplay footage. Mm. Oh, you should you should check it out because it really looks like it plays like Ninja Gaiden, like on the NES Ninja Gaiden. <laughs> Never good at Ninja Gaiden. But yeah, then again, I don't that's think my anybody... big concern. <laughs> I think anybody was. All right, so back to NIS for a second. Um, we we checked out, like, they showed us a little bit of Labyrinth of Refrain and Disgaea 1 Complete, and those are exactly what you know that are, is coming. Um, there's been tons of previews for that. And, um, oh, right, 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 right. They showed um, a Neo Geo collection? No, an SNK collection. That's what it was. And it was all SNK games but from before the Neo Geo era. It's like, yeah, did you all know? The arcade yeah. ones, right? Yeah. It's like, did you know yeah, they had a bunch of games before that? Um, and so it's arcade games and some NES. They also put the console versions in, too. Um, and we're talking games like Jackal and. Not Jackal. Um, was it Jackal? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm getting confused here. Uh, it's Akari Warriors. That's one. And I think POW. So. Yeah, it was a bunch of those. I have uh, actually pre ordered that one. That's yeah, it looks good. really good. Um, and Frank Cifaldi's involved, and and he's he's known for game preservation stuff, and yeah, and he, the people who did the, the Disney Afternoon Collection and the Mega Man Legacy Collections, they're all involved. So there's a lot of people who know how to do emulation. They're all involved. Um, so they're they're putting out a bunch of titles at first, and then they're going to release a bunch more later via uh, download. Um, but uh, it's a lot of action titles. Um, let's see. Let's see, this is I'm looking at the PS2 one. That's what I found on Wikipedia. So this doesn't help me. Anyway, um, the important part being that it's they totally designed it with the uh, the f- the flip grip in mind, um, or at least they they added support for that. So if you're not familiar with the flip grip, that is a thing that was kickstarted for holding your switch vertically, so that you can. Um, play 
you know, vertical shmups and stuff on your Switch mm -hmm. with the correct orientation. And there's at least one vertical shmup on this collection, and uh, but there's another. A number of the arcade games were designed with vertical cabinets in mind, so you can totally flip it. Um, I think it either detects it or you, you set a switch. I, I can't remember right now, um, but like, yeah, it'll it'll set it to the, look uh, like the proper arcade um, aspect ratio vertically if you're using the flip grip. And flip grips are twelve bucks on Fam Gamer. Um, I put in a pre-order right after this appointment because I was like, oh my gosh, I gotta get this, and so I can play my Switch um, with some awesome accurate arcade titles that look fun, and even a shmup, and more to come. And this SNK Classics collection looks looks solid. Do you want the uh, list? Yeah. All right, Alpha Mission, Athena, Crystallis, Ikari Warriors, one, two, and three, Guerrilla War, POW. Prehistoric Isle, Psycho Soldier, Street Smart, TNK3, and Vanguard. Yeah. And for the ones so, that you um, remember from NES games, they have the NES versions on there too. So I would want to get that just for Crystallis. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Athena, 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 whatever. Uh, that's not a very good game, even the arcade. But a lot of the other ones are really good. The Akari Warriors are much better arcade version than their NES versions were. So, I, I had the NES version of Athena. It came in the same box where I ended up with a copy of Deadly Towers. Oh yeah, no, I'm so sorry. It's not. You really should burn that box. No, other. I've never played like Prehistoric Isle. A lot of these are kind of like that Guerrilla War, that kind of the vertical top-down, almost shmup-like, but you're like on the ground. So it's kind of almost like. I guess it still technically is a shoot 'em up, but it almost has that distinct feel. Almost like kind of a vertical running gun sort of where you run around and you shoot stuff and you. But I guess it's it's a ground vertical sh shoot 'em up. So I was doing bad at one of the Akari Warriors games, but um, it was okay because I was just able to hold down the L button and rewind time and fix it. Um, so it's got all that sort of functionality in there too. So that's it's really nice how they do that. <laughs> I you... love that that's become a thing. Yeah. Where did you order it from? Uh, what? The, you said you pre-ordered the game or no? I pre-ordered the flip grip. I, I still need uh, to figure out okay. the game. Um, yeah, the NISA store has like a collector edition, and then it's like 65 bucks. And I, I just got it on Amazon because it was $40, I think, 30 or 40 for the, just the regular version. I probably will get it digitally um, uh, on the okay. Switch because yep. especially for games like that, um, I'd rather just have it digitally. Um Ooh. Oh, that's right. They showed us RPG Maker MV. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I think the the big feature in RPG Maker MV, the new RPG Maker, is that you can do side view battles instead of um, first. Uh, you could do Final Fantasy style battles instead of Dragon Quest style battles, as far as the layout of the screen. <laughs> that was literally one of the best features he pointed out. So, okay. <laughs> Um, also, the fact it's just on console, Martin. <laughs> um, say, uh, say what? And it's like the first time it's been on console. So, I thought that they had one on consoles, like they 3DS, right? 3DS. That's not console. Okay. All right. Well, this <laughs> one's on console. PS4 and Switch. <laughs> and they're doing well, the player some, again and yeah, all that. So. The console version has voice acting. Oh, wait, huh? How do you have voice acting in a a maker game? Well, I'm assuming it's just going to be a bunch of like battle cries and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's a lunar style voice acting. 
Whatever happened with the uh, PlayStation RPG makers? Is that tied into this at all? What do you mean? There was three RPG makers on the PlayStation. Or in the place, there was one on PS1 and two on PS2. Yeah. I think it's the same ones. It's just those are the very early ones. Yeah. Okay, yeah, they were like when it was using numbers still. Like two and three. I think we saw a little bit of the Princess Guide as well, which is like a, um, you know, where you kind of guide a princess into, I don't know. It's not really an RPG, though, right? I can't remember. Um, sort of is. Huh? It sort of is. Sort yeah, of is? Okay. All right. It's a self-explanatory title. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's one of those, it's one of those games where you praise or scold the princess and say, oh, you're doing well. And yeah. Okay. Anyway. Um, and then what else did they show? They they basically had all their, their fall lineup. They tried to show us the Yomawari games and Anna noped out of those and said, no, 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 no. Horror games. No. <laughs> And then, um, did they have tank dinosaurs? They did. Yeah, that's right. I played. I played the tank dinosaur game. Um, what is that called? Max Metal Max. Metal Max Zeno. Metal Max Zeno. Yeah. Okay. And um, that was very boring. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. The demo was not good. Um, it because it just threw me in the middle of the world, and I had an overleveled party and I just ran around shooting things with my tank, which admittedly it's fun to shoot things with your tank. Right. But, um, it didn't demo well. So I didn't get any sort of a valid impression of the game or its progression or anything, but, um, it, it, it had, it had a post-apocalyptic world. It had tanks and it had me shooting things. So tick those boxes and, uh, hope for the best. (laughs) Um, I know a lot of people are excited for that game, so I, I feel bad like saying like it was boring because I didn't really have a good. Oh, oh! <laughs> they showed us SNK heroines. <laughs> if you don't know what this is, it's a fighting game with all the SNK women and Terry um, turned into a woman. So. <laughs> It's all these all these characters, and it's legitimately just a fighting game with girls in very awkward costumes fighting for the amusement of some dark overlord who arranged everyone to be kidnapped and brought to his castle, and I don't know what's going on, but you get different voice clips depending on which fighters you pair up with each other, and um, it was the most interested I've ever seen Anna Marie in a fighting game outside of Injustice, so that was impressive to me. And um, you can buy a collector's edition now that comes with like a towel, which <laughs> and a sweatband and a, a hat and stuff. Because I don't know why. <sighs> What's on the towel? Is it the uh, it's size? the logo for the game? No, okay. it's it's not a body pillow game. So if you want body pillow games, let's talk. Um, <laughs> let's talk boyfriend dungeon. Uh, <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> That is, Boyfriend Dungeon is a game we talked about that's being kickstarted where you can um, you go into a dungeon and you can date your weapons because they have human forms. Um, uh, with the exception of the uh, Brass Knuckles, which is just a kitty cat that you have a platonic relationship with. Um, but one of the bonuses that you can get in this kickstarter is full-size body pillow with like a sword on it. <laughs> which oh, I, I thought... think it's amazing. <laughs> I thought it was a sword on one side. It is, and the person... it is, it is. And that makes me sad. I wish they would have just committed to just being the weapon, but 
just if you want to sleep with your weapon, you can totally do it. <laughs> hey, if you're brave enough. <laughs> so Anna did play that, so I have an impression of that. But uh, it's the uh, it's uh, it looked good actually. So you got uh, a lot of dungeon delving, and and as you go down in the dungeon, you find little date spots to kind of have conversations with your weapons and raise your relationships with them. Um, and you can kind of choose which, do you want to talk to your scimitar or do you want to talk to your talwar and, and stuff like that. And, and you, you have a conversation and, and raise your, your relationship and, um, and go on from there. <laughs> so it was really cute and it seemed well done. So um, for, for a Kickstarter game, that one looked pretty far along. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, we looked at Star Renegade. No, Star Renegade is a developer. Massive Damage? Oh, I can't even keep these names straight. Let me let me Google it so I get the right name. Yeah, Star Renegades. Oh, right. This is from the people who made Halcyon Six. That's why it looks so freaking amazing. Um, this looks good. So this is a um, it's a four R game. <laughs> They're calling Resist, Reclaim, Revive, Repeat. Um, as opposed to a four X game. Um, it is a roguelike. Um sort of thing where you control a party of people and you go through um, points on a map and then some of the points so you're going you you're on a mission and you start at point a on a map and it kind of wraps around and there's like a boss or an objective at the other side of the map and as you go from each point uh at some points you have battles to deal with enemies and some points you have to make story type decisions where it's like do you want to make things easier for yourself do you want to make things harder for yourself do you and get like this benefit um and, and so you have those sorts of like choose your own adventure choices as each node and um you put all that together and try and get your party to survive and make it to the boss and kill the boss. Um, I believe we got to the boss and died. Um, so that was fun, <laughs> but it plays well. It's animated beautifully. Um, the Halcyon six game is amazing. So the, you know, I trust the pedigree of this, of the, of the developers here. Um, and so you can go check that out at starrenegades.com to see what that's looking like. And, um, yeah, it's got a cool battle system. Um, and you can recruit like more mercenaries as you're going and, and they all have different abilities and you're, you're doing things like trying to inter like you can um, do interrupt damage on your opponents to make them stop thinking about things and, or to stop being able to do attacks. And then you can, uh, you can kill them and otherwise they get off these terrible attacks that take out your party. So it's that sort of um, back and forth uh, strategy decisions as you go through the game. Whew. All right. Um, let's see. Let's cut this down a little. Um, uh, here's one that I played Dragon Marked for Death Let's see if I can get that so Dragon Marked for Death this is from Inti Creates um, people what are doing what else does Inti Create do they do a lot of uh, oh I've just blinked on everything Mighty Number no. 9 and Gunvolt and stuff like that um, so Apparently Mighty Number no. 9 hasn't... Oh, Blastmaster Zero. That's their good game. Uh, and Gunvolt, I guess, too. Let's see. So Dragon Marked for Death was... I'm sorry, I saw so many games. I need trailers to remember what I'm talking about. Did we actually play this? 
this trailer is not helping me whatsoever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is where you could choose. Uh, so they were showing off two characters. There will be like three, I think, in the final version. So you choose in between like lady what has um, a dragon on her arm and can shoot fireballs or, or dude what is like covered in armor and has a giant axe. Uh, and they both play differently. And it is kind of a... Um, Let's see. So it's kind of a, an RPG platformer where you're going around maps and, and, and scaling up uh, platforms. And you have different paths that you can get to depending on which character you have. Um, and so there's like some puzzle stuff going on. Um, and uh, the abilities you have kind of unlock those things. It is designed for like co-op. So you can play together and unlock paths together and get more access to more tra- uh, treasure together. Um, and it is a side-scrolling beat-em-up platformer thing. Uh, and you get abilities to level up and all that sort of things. And, and yeah, so, I don't know. That's, uh, it, it played really well. Um, and there was some pedigree there. Well, I forget who it was. Like, the dude involved in this game. Ah, this is why I need Anna. I don't remember these things myself. A lot of Mega Man people involved. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, Mega Man 9 director, Mega Man 10 director. That's right. And um, yes, the promote, the producer of Dragon Mark for Death is uh, Yoshifumi Hashimoto. That's why it, that he's the dude who produced Rune Factory, Story of Seasons, uh, Muramasa the Demon Blade, and Muramasa Deep, uh, Rebirth. So he, he was involved in a lot of marvelous games. That's why Anna made me play it, because she had that Natsume connection and their competitors in some ways, and yeah, whatever. So, uh, if you like side-scrolling Mega Man-y type games, um, you should look at this. And, yeah. I don't know. I can't tell whether or not we should cover it, but it looked fun. They're calling it an action RPG, so I guess that's close enough. Alright. Um, oh, 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 who played Rebel Outlaw? Anybody here? Hi. Huh? Not, you, mean Re- you mean Rebel Galaxy? Rebel Galaxy. Who played Rebel Galaxy? I know. You played Rebel Galaxy? Yeah. yeah. I played its sequel. Yeah. Oh, they're making a second one? They're making yeah. a second one. That, called... That's interesting because they're going in a, seems to be going in a much more story-focused direction with it. Yeah, so Rebel Galaxy... Rebel Galaxy Outlaw. Uh, <laughs> they're... They... As they put it, they tried to fix all the things with the first game, um, which, you know, the fact that it's a sequel kind of suggests that, right? But Well, it's a prequel, technically. Well, it's the second game that they're making. Fine, yeah. it's a prequel. <laughs> you play as, like, the ant or whatever that you have to do some stuff to help out in the first game, um, and she's... Uh, She's a very grizzled outlaw lady in this one, and there's a lot of story stuff. Um, you can play dice with people. Um, they're trying to develop the out-of-ship type of things going on in here. You can play pool with people, because why not? Um, <laughs> so they want to have that uh, grizzled uh, space experience thing going on with with, with you. Um, they showed off they got a bunch of different ship types. They've got fighter-focused ships and, and kind of hauler-focused ships. Um, you can still do mining and stuff like that. Uh, the space combat is now, instead of like um, um, pirate ship combat like the first game was, where you have broadside cannons and whatnot, uh, this one is much more of your traditional um, space sim type combat. Um, but they added one of the best features I've ever seen added in like uh, a TIE fighter type game. Um, if if the enemy is off screen, there's a button you can hold that will start 
um, spinning your ship over to to where the enemy is instead of you having to spin the ship for half an hour trying to find where the hell is this person and get them into the center reticle. They will. There's like you just like hold down L and it gets the it gets things oriented close for you and then you can do the fine tuning of aiming and stuff after that. And it's like oh my gosh, it makes everything just feels so much better and. Um, they did still eat, leave in support if you want to use your HOTAS. Um, and then Anna had to ask what a HOTAS is. And I felt very sad. Um, but also, like, that was a valid question. Because really, who's got a HOTAS now? I bet it Hey, has. I have yeah. one. <laughs> What's a HOTAS? It, hand, on, hand on throttle and stick. It's, it's what you oh, use for playing. It's a flight stick. Yeah, controller. Oh, okay. <laughs> With a, uh, it's one where you've got like a throttle lever on the left and a flight st- and a joystick on the right. I used to have a stick like that. Yeah. So they they've added support for that, and the main reason he added support for it <laughs> was because he didn't want people to be asking him to add support for it. <laughs> Apparently, people who play flight sims are very vocal about what they like. So, um. You, you kind of have to do yeah. things to make the them video not bug you. Probably more appropriate for this one than the previous one. Uh, oh, absolutely more appropriate for this one, but um, not necessary at all. He he prefers to play oh, yeah. with a controller, and it played really well with a controller. Um, so anyway, yeah, you, the combat was just like totally made casually acceptable by having like that that lock on. It's kind of like Z targeting, but for a space shooter is how he described it, and it's like, I totally know what you mean, because it, like, totally makes the action combat accessible as what Z-targeting does, and this makes, like, space shooting combat accessible, like, because you're kind of locking on and, and getting it close enough so that you don't have to be spinning around for 360 degrees half the year game time. Um, uh, but you can turn all that stuff off if you don't want it. So it's all optional, and you can turn off all the assists, and um, if you want to have, like, the hard, hard-boiled space combat experience, you can totally do that. So, uh, it's looking really good. Um, it, 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 it's, it's pretty and, uh, they seem to know what they're doing. Um, and that looks good. So, um, a little different than the first one. So, woo. See how that turns out. Okay. Where's my sheet? We played some of the good life. We cover that, right? Do yeah, we cover the good remember. life. Yeah, it, uh, the good I life is like sure, sure. Why not at this stage? Uh, the good life is like Pokemon Snap, but you turn into a cat or a dog overnight, which is weird. oh yeah. <laughs> so we uh, the demo they they put out was like a very early backer demo, and that's what they had on the floor. Um, so we basically ran around town doing three quests where you have to take pictures of people in compromising positions or to prove things to people. So very much Pokemon Snap in that regard, um, except it's like Pokemon Snap where you have like an RPG quest system. Um, that It's so early in this demo, I can't make any conclusions about the quality of the game. Um, and they didn't show any of the, like, what do you do as a dog or cat, depending on what you choose um, overnight. They didn't show any of that, so I don't know what's going on there. Um. Oh, 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 oh. Game of the show. I'll I'll give it to you now in the middle here. Game of the show. Disco Elysium. Disco Elysium. Go look it up. So, do you like PC RPGs that are isometric? If so, you should be in on this. 
do you not like PC RPGs that are isometric because they're just like these boring slogs and you don't understand why people like these games? You should still look at this game <laughs> because it has amazing writing and it's so entertaining and it just feels different than most of those. Um, I mean, it is what it is. That it is. It's an isometric PC RPG where you're clicking around and and having conversations with people and using skill checks to to try and do well in those conversations or in figuring out puzzles and stuff. But the writing is just so good. It was really funny. Um, so it's a detective RPG. It's set in like, um, I think it's set in the future, but it looks like the 70s. So I figure that one out. Um, <laughs> And you kind of wake up after an extremely bad hangover because you apparently were trying to drink yourself into amnesia. Um, and you did a good job of that because you can't really remember anything. And you're a police officer and you're assigned to a case and you kind of have to figure out what's going on in this case. Um, and as you um, level up and get skill points, um, you get to assign them to skills that you know activate while you're having conversations and investigating things um like your logic or um conceptualization or encyclopedic knowledge of stuff um the thing is that this skill system is it's interesting you can over level and if you over level um you are essentially making yourself have compulsions where before you might choose what skill to apply to a situation to try and figure out what you want to want to figure out about a situation. Um, if you have an extremely high level skill, it might just trigger without you having an option. So um, instead of being able to choose, like, do I want to think about my encyclopedic knowledge here and make a comment on that? Or do I want to like um, do some charisma? It's like, if you are so obsessive obsessed with like talking up the ladies it like it'll just trigger the talking up the ladies skill without you having a choice and um i thought that was fascinating how they're gonna have to balance that <laughs> okay that's interesting yeah when you said over level was because said there might be like the last remnants where if you tried to grind in that game it would just completely screw you over um it, i i don't know how that worked in the last remnant uh, i think it's just the weird way it balanced so it's sort of based on your level rather than Oh, okay. Okay. No, no, no. It's it's yeah, more no, like it, lot... it changes how your skills kind of fire by overleveling them. So you want to get pretty good, but don't try to to max it out apparently. Yeah. <laughs> and how's that going to work out cuz like then people are just going to figure out what level to stop at, so I don't know how they're going to deal with that, but maybe it's just like oops, <laughs> you went too far. This playthrough is going to be very interesting now. <laughs> Sounds like kind of a risk reward thing where yeah. you might want to over level but then you're gonna have to deal with that risk right exactly that's what i'm hoping they'll do um so we'll see how that goes uh anyway the 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 star of this thing was the writing i wasn't even playing it anna was playing it and i felt like just so satisfied with that playthrough because it was hilarious it made me want the game i came home and i wish listed it um i think it's not out till next year i can't remember it makes me sad it might be out this year yeah you said that it has a, it's set in the seventies. Is the music very seventies aesthetic? I couldn't hear the music. I didn't have the Aww. headphones on. It and it's not set in the seventies. It felt like the seventies as far as the art aesthetic. Like your dude's got all this facial hair. Um, but oh yeah, the full handlebar. Yeah, but it, it's very much a future RPG. It's, it's sci-fi for the setting, so I I I don't really understand the setting. Um, it's probably sci-fi as imagined in the seventies or something. Yeah, because there's totally like robot and body armor and stuff like that stuff going on. So, 
Yeah, it's well, very cool. Um, and like, I was initially put off of this game by our coverage because the art style was not very appealing to me. But once I saw the game in action and stuff, like I just just fell right into it, and it's like I gotta play this. Um, I think they're planning to have this out this year, but they don't have any dates announced on Steam, so I don't know. They're being published by Humble, so we'll see when that happens. They seem very close, uh, and it was very cool. Very, very cool. So, totally recommend uh, to watch that and save it and and see what uh, see what goes on with that. Um, oh, Anna-Marie and I went and checked out uh, Torchlight Frontiers, and um, as you might imagine, Torchlight Frontiers plays like Torchlight. Oh, good. The The trailer didn't really say. Yeah, it didn't. And I think there's another ta- trailer that shows off Battle System. Um, but yes, it's very much Torchlight. Um, they had... Um, oh, I can't remember all the classes right now. Um, we saw like the Mage class and the, uh, the, the Steam... The Railroad Engineer class. And uh, yeah... Uh, it, it was, um, what did I do there? Oh, right. Okay. So here's how this is going to work. So you have your town, um, and in the town is where you get all your quests and do your story stuff. And um, then you ex- they leave the town and you're loaded into like a, a shared area that can have up to, I think right now they're targeting eight people in that area. Um, and then you can, they, they didn't do more than that because they found that having a smaller amount of people in the shared area was resulted in people being more likely to party up and work together on quests and stuff. So you can go around that shared area just killing stuff and getting treasure and stuff if like you want, or um, you know then you can you can talk to people, make a party, um, you can hook up with your friends obviously, and then you can go from that shared area. You have a little portals into like um, the den of evil is a diablo thing but like yeah you go down to the den of evil or this giant tree of destruction or whatever it is and you go into this cave and, and do stuff um so they had us go into a cave uh area and uh they didn't have much of the dungeon there for this demo they just had kind of like take us to the boss directly and went down there and it was a boss arena and it felt really good like the combat was was challenging but like it was it was very you know diablo-y combat and deal with lots of ads and stuff and and try and take out a boss uh, run around in circles use your skills wait for cooldowns use your potions um and so we had to kill this giant orc thing i don't even remember what it was at this point but uh lots of uh you know lots of different abilities they were you didn't have a lot of different abilities. That's what it was. They kind of kept the amount of stuff that you interacted with to be mappable to a controller very easily. So it had like a few different abilities, like your basic attack, a couple of specials, your potions, um, no dodge, which really bugged me because I got I've gotten spoiled by, by that Diablo dodge roll um, mm-hmm. on console, <laughs> and they're not doing that here. Um, but they did keep it very um, very well mapped to a controller. So obviously controllers very forefront in their mind here. Uh, it's going to totally be console friendly. Um, 
but only a couple com- uh, a couple of spells. They weren't showing off skill trees. I don't think they're doing skill trees. Actually, I asked them. That. They said they weren't doing like skill trees. They wanted to do leveling differently, which concerned me, and I didn't know what that meant, and they weren't talking about it, and they didn't want to explain what they meant. So I don't know what's going on there, like how you're going to level up your skills and how you're going to branch out to different abilities and, and have different builds. Um, they are going to do like legendary armor and stuff like that. So you get... Um, they're going to do like the thing where you find pieces of armor that have unique abilities and it'll totally change how your build works and you'll design a build around like certain pieces of armor and all that stuff. Uh, Matt Allman, the dude what did uh, music for Diablo 1 and Diablo 2, he's still on board. He did Torchlight 1 and Torchlight 2, obviously. Um, so he's still there for the music. Um, and other than that, you know, it played like Torchlight. So uh, it looked like Torchlight. <laughs> it's being designed gonna... by a lot of the people who worked on Torchlight. <laughs> I was about to ask if it still had that uh, Fisher Price Diablo look to oh, its yeah. Very much character so. models. Yep, totally. Oh, okay. Yeah, totally still Fisher Price Diablo. <laughs> I, I love like calling it that because yeah. it, annoy- it annoys people, but it's true. It's the so, fonts yeah. and yep, <laughs> my every- first Diablo, my little <laughs> Diablo. <laughs> um. <laughs> Oh, yeah, so uh, that so that was very positive. Um, they weren't showing all the systems and stuff, so there's still quite a work ways to go as far as development and um, uh, proving that you know you're gonna really like the end game. But as far as what we saw, like there's a good first impression. So looking excited about Torchlight Frontiers. Um, obviously, you'll be playing online with people. It's um, Torchlight, the Guild War style MMO. <laughs> So we'll see how that goes, um, and I have no idea how paid model the payment models are going to work, and how many pets they're going to be selling in their pet store for for real money and all that stuff. But uh, oh yeah, pets are back, so so you still get your pets to carry stuff for you and all that stuff. So Include, cool. including the cat, um, I, I, I'm sure I didn't see the cat, but I'm sure like okay. the. It's it's more of a question of what exotic pets are they going to ask? Uh, are they going to add? Because like all the standard ones will be there. Um, be a cat. I'm sure there will be. Yeah. Um. I'll let Anna talk about that one next week. And same with that. And cool. Yeah, I'm going to end for now because there'll be more pack stuff when Anna's around to talk about. But. Uh, yeah. That's what I've been playing. I, I saw that you played Dragon Quest. Oh, right. That's right, because that would have been after PAX. So when I got home from PAX, waiting for us was Dragon Quest Eleven. I was like, yay! And I booted it up that night. <laughs> started playing. So I've, I've been playing Dragon Quest. Um, in one of my posts that went kind of viral on Twitter, Time to Slime was 10 minutes. Time to Slime! kind of blew my mind because yeah i sat there with a stopwatch i literally got out the stopwatch on my phone because i wanted to see how long before we got into a fight and it was pretty much right away which was kind of nice yeah they don't make you wait in this one do they yeah and they're like hey go into a dungeon go go climb this dungeon you need to go climb this dungeon go like okay and (laughs) i liked how that first dungeon had it was leading you around with the dog a very, very cute-looking Dragon Quest Golden Retriever. But you were kind of also encouraged to uh, um, go off the beaten path a little bit to find items. Um, 
I really like the combat thus far. I mean, it, it's still Dragon Quest combat, but it feels more dynamic. You're not just locked to the first-person camera angle anymore. Um, I also like that you get a horse right away. You do, but then you lose it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Very quickly. <laughs> yeah, I had a feeling that that bit at the castle was not going to go well. Yeah, well, I knew it wasn't going to go well because they actually put out videos showing that scene. Oh, I hadn't watched any videos of that scene. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I knew how that was going to go. Um <clears throat> How, how so? How far did you get? Um, I've gotten through. I'm in the. Where am I? I'm going through the Mangle Grove and just kind of running around crafting. So, I, I okay. didn't get very far at all. Um, um, I am at the little thieves' town where you've got to use the dog to scare a guard. Oh, okay. I've actually gotten further than you then. Yeah, wow. I've had. You didn't play I've much at all, either. <laughs> no, no, I had an art project I had to finish up Thursday night, and then last night I was watching my husband play Spider Man, and I was working on my emissaries and Wow, so I'm probably gonna dive a little bit more into it this weekend. But um, I really liked that sequence where you were you were escaping from the dungeon with Eric, and how you were basically Indiana Jonesing away from a dragon. Yes, yes, the Dragon Quest XI totally does the run towards the camera thing, so <laughs> why not? <laughs> They're really <clears throat> trying to go for modern cinematic like RPG stuff. It it kind of feels like, <laughs> how can we be modern? I don't know, I saw this in a game once, let's do that. <laughs> but this, the series needed this big time. <laughs> Um, I guess. Yeah. The, you know, the, the last one in the main series that was really like this was uh, 8, and that was in the PS2 days. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, what did they... What do you think about the... Uh, what was my question? What do you think about the combat presentation now? Um, I wish that you could speed it up a little bit because it does play pretty slow. Mm-hmm. Um... There, a battle speed option would have been really nice yep. just to kind of make it go a little bit faster. It really needs that Chrono Cross fast forward button, doesn't it? Yeah. But then again, most yeah. games do. <laughs> and and bear in mind, I'm kind of I've been playing um, Etrian Odyssey Five, and I finished Alliance Alive, and those had a speed battle option, so I was kind of spoiled on that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I think that they really tried to keep keep it as dragon questy as possible which I mean, is a good thing but at the same time i kind of wish they would have just in innovated a little bit more um i'm happy that there's finally save points finally in a dragon quest game not just go to the church forget save can't you just go to the menu and save whenever or i don't think so oh you're right you're right you're right i'm confusing with another game Okay. Yeah, yes. The, no, it's the, got the same the points. Angels, well, angel yeah, statues. The angel statues. Yeah. And what I, like. I like about the angel statues is they're next to a fire pit, and that's where you can access the crafting. And you mm -hmm. haven't unlocked that yet. Um, no. And I just, as soon as they unlock that for me, I'm like, oh, I've just fell into a hole. Like, because yeah. you don't have to wait for the crafting to finish like you did in Dragon Quest Eight with the alchemy pot. In this one, it is just um, put your stuff into the into the Fisher Price toy. Uh, it's, it's like the literally a crafting forge. toy. Yeah, 
<laughs> crank a knob and it's done and it, it's or press a button and it's done and you crafted and then you get like pearls when you do successful crafts called perfectionist pearls and you can use those pearls on other armor to make it better up to like plus three so you can plus one plus two plus three your armor um and it's yeah. like oh no they've just given me way too much to sink my time into um now I know why people are playing this game for 150 hours. <laughs> yeah, and and I've heard that this kind of helps balance out the fact that all the armor and stuff in the game is really expensive. Mm. So you could either craft or grind. I'm having trouble um, getting all the materials I want in the areas I'm at, but then again, I probably am at the point where it's like, no, Chris, you need to leave and stop crafting. <laughs> and yeah, and that's exactly why I haven't gotten very far, because... I mean, you get into that first town, the the big city before you go to jail, and you start looking around, and you're, you're breaking pots, and opening uh, wardrobes, and people are getting mad at you for rifling through their stuff <laughs> for the first time, which is really amusing. But you know, you know, I hadn't really made a point to explore in modern games because I know that they're not going to take the time to put for me to explore and I'm really happy that they did that with this game that you know you still can still look at books and um, oh my gosh you gotta look at books you get recipes that way yeah so yeah yeah. And I, I really appreciate that. I miss that about classic games, though. Granted, it's going to extend the time of this game to astronomical proportions, but I'm glad that they put the effort to reward you for actually going around and looking at things. And that town is so huge. It is. Uh, I kind of rocketed through that town real fast um, because I had had not fallen into the crafting hole at that point. So I didn't care about exploring everything. And now I have. And now I want to go back there and explore everything. And it makes me sad. <sighs> so, yeah, I have a feeling this game is going to be a time sink. Um, I'm going to try and stick with it. and hope that nothing else capture, or captures my attention away from it. Uh, I'm enjoying it so far. And I, I definitely want to see um, the story and how it goes. I'm sorry, I'm listening so. to Alice type here. I'm like, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> oh listening. crap! <laughs> she forgot to mute. <laughs> I'm like, I wonder how I've long. Been, <laughs> Go ahead. I've also been really in awe of the graphics, like how there's the clothing texture on all the characters and stuff. Yeah. It's a really beautiful game. It is. It's a very pretty game. Um, it could be prettier, and I feel like they didn't commit all the way to like the PS4. Um, they didn't do HDR. They don't seem to have done 4K. Um, but I guess they're also on Switch, right? So Yeah. Is that a, is, is this PS4, Switch, and 3DS? Is that the other one? Uh, PC. Oh, PC. Okay. And PC. PC. Yeah, we don't have it on 3DS. In... in the North America, yeah. Which is kind of and a shame because it sounds like ship. the 3DS added like a more old school view thing or something like that. I don't remember. Mm. Anna was telling me something about that. And, yeah. Well, the 3DS is like got a 2D mode where it's like right. grid based and everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's got like, yeah, look at that. You got like a, an overworld map that looks very 2D as opposed to what you're doing, which is kind of cool, I think. 
but was wasn't there also crossplay between the two? Oh, I in don't Japan? know. Like move your, your There was a save transfer thing between 3DS and okay. Switch. No, 3DS between 3DS and, PS4. and PS4. What? I think it's yeah. like a password system, so you would actually weird. get everything, but you would get your progress at least. Did they come out at different times or something? No, they came out at the same time. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Yep. That's so strange. But okay. No, the the annoying thing is that I really wish the Switch version was out because this would have definitely been a Switch game for me, but it's not even out in Japan yet. They're really dragging their feet, so it's probably going to be a couple of years before we even get it in the U.S., and I kind of wanted to play it right away. Oh, wow. I didn't realize the Switch version was that far out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't even have a date in Japan yet. Lame. I yeah. just wish they would have committed more to making it like as amazing graphically as possible, but I guess it doesn't matter. That's not what this game's for. All right. Dra- Dragon Quest is, has never been about pushing polygons. Yeah. Alright. I'll shut up about it then. It it still looks beautiful. Um I I you get spoiled by like the title sequence being fully orchestrated and then them dropping you into the in game music, which is not fully orchestrated. And it's like, no, no, you did so well say, with though, DQ8. Come on. <laughs> 8's graphics on the PS2 were really exceptional. Oh, yeah. Compared to everything else. So they do have somewhat of a legacy of having, I guess it just depends on the release. Yep. I'm just thinking about 7 and how it kind of looked very dated compared to what was coming out at the time. Well, 7 had issues. <laughs> Interestingly enough, I, like the overworld stuff in Seven looked very bad, but the um, sprites for the slimes and stuff and the monsters looked amazing. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't played Seven, so I just hear all the stories from people who um, worked on it. <laughs> You're not missing much with Seven. <laughs> so, I also hear that. <laughs> uh. And also on for eight, um, on the three DS remake, the alchemy pot was instant. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh man, that would have been nice. Yeah. So yeah, I I really like this game thus far. I don't know your opinion, Chris. Uh, so far, yeah, it's just um, I'm a little worried about how long it is and if it will be able to hold my interest the whole time. Um, Dragon Quest Eight did pretty well with that, but it was also really freaking long, and so I don't mm-hmm. know if this is gonna go. Um, let's see. The problem is I have so many games I want to play, and like this is coming out at like the worst possible time if you don't want to be distracted, right? Yeah. Because you got Yakuza Two just dropped. You got this. You got Destiny Two. You got um. Spider Man. Say what? Spider Man. Spider Man. Yeah, the Spider Man just came out, which I started playing last night. Um, Spider Man's pretty good. Boy, it's pretty good. <laughs> so, like, how am I going to play Spider-Man and Dragon Quest? What have I done in Spider-Man? Does anyone care about Spider-Man? Spider-Man's really good. It's very cinematic. It's very action-y. Um, it is um, Batman-style combat or Lord of the Rings uh, Shadow of War-style combat, depending on how you want to call it. Um, yeah, but I was joking with my husband about how 
Archimede it was, and then he did the mission where he had to like stealthily web up a bunch of enemies. And I was like, yep, that's right out of Arkham. Yep. <laughs> so I guess superheroes just have to use this combat system now. <laughs> just fine. But like I said to him, man, if you're going to do a superhero game, rip off the good one. That's true. <laughs> so I don't know. I've been wa- wa- uh the web slinging is amazing and just traveling through the city just feels really good. And I feel like Anna just likes watching me web sling, which is kind of weird. I like watching my husband web sling. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wee, wee. It, press, it's, uh, it's I'm going to really... press this button now. Hey, that makes me go forward too. It's like 14 different ways to propel yourself forward. And it's just like, I don't know what I'm doing with this controller, but it just works. <laughs> See, I was like, fall fall to the ground and see what happens, because I thought he was going to splat on the pavement, but nope, he just did a dodge roll and fell right through it. And, um, you know, seeing him talk to, or seeing Spider-Man talk to all the NPCs that are running around and how they're all like, hey, it's Spider-Man, take a selfie with me. And I love that. Can you actually take a selfie with people? Yeah. I, I, I haven't tried you, doing that. Oh. When you unlock the photo mode, I think you, there is a selfie mode. Oh, okay. Did you know that Dragon Quest has a photo mode? You just yeah. click the L3 stick, and then it's like you can move the camera around and stuff. It's weird. Um, Spider-Man looks better than Dragon Quest. It's a very pretty game. Uh, I'm interested in Spider-Man, but I'm more interested in watching it than playing it. Yeah. And like have, you found any back- have you found any backpacks? Oh my gosh, Kelly. My life last night was searching for backpacks. All right? <laughs> like, this is all I'm doing now. Oh, backpacks! I gotta get a backpack. <laughs> I don't know why I'm getting all these backpacks, but I'm getting them all. His commentary on the items in the backpacks It's like, hilarious. that was such a good tie-in with the movie. Like, because this game mm-hmm. doesn't really hook in with Homecoming very much. But, like, that one aspect of him losing backpacks throughout high school is, like, they took that and ran with it in here. And I thought that was a really clever thing to do. <laughs> did you get the Spider-Man plushie from the backpack? I did. Okay. Yeah. I loved his little comment on that. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to mark his likeness. It's really funny. Um, yeah, so Spider-Man... Um, yeah, how do I? Is there much to explain here? You you do Spider Man things. You hang out with Doc Ock. I mean, Doctor Octavius. Excuse me. There's no way that he's going to turn into a villain. Why would that happen? What are you even so, thinking? So you're, <laughs> you're saying that you do whatever a Spider Man can. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you like the combat mode? Um, uh, the difficulty mode. Oh, names? I laughed. I laughed so hard. <laughs> Friendly Spider Man. Amazing Spider Man. Spectaculars. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I started on normal, and now I'm on easy, because apparently this combat is too hard for me. <laughs> and it was harassing me. <laughs> oh, Spider-Man. Uh, I, it it I plays really all, well. I'm worried. I was also laughing pretty hysterically at some of the ragdoll physics and my husband knocking people just right off of buildings. Yeah. Yeah, Spider-Man totally kills people in this game. <laughs> they don't really acknowledge it, but he's killing people. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't have this ability. This person on this video I brought up, I don't know how to do any of that. Um, the uh, I'm I'm worried about how long the game's going to be because I was hoping it would be short and I'd get through it in a weekend on a single rental through through Redbox. 
or like a, a couple days rental, but I don't know if that's going to happen. Because it seems really big, unless I'm missing something, and it just doesn't last that long, but, hmm. Well, there's a lot of stuff to distract you in Yeah, it. so maybe that's what it is. I gotta stay focused. But the thing is, I want to unlock all the abilities and make the combat easier, so I guess I can't really do both, can I? <laughs> Pro probably not, and, and you gotta find all those backpacks. So here's a question, Kelly. How many puddles did you find? Do you find enough puddles in the game? Um, I saw my fair share of puddles, yes. I don't puddles? know what people okay. were complaining about. I did not run into any puddles yet, so Puddlegate is still a thing on my playthrough. So we'll see when we get to puddles. Um. <laughs> yeah, this game looks beautiful. It's playing really well. Um, and I, I like your cop friend who gives you missions and stuff. And I like that this story, at least so far, doesn't seem to be Spider-Man nobody's friend. It seems to be Spider-Man totally established, and I like that. So, And I also like that it's snarky Spider-Man. Yes. Spider-Cup. <laughs> well, that whole thing had <laughs> stitches. I'm really sad that Spider-Cop retired. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> okay, so Spider-Man's good. All right, we should talk yeah. about other games. What, did you play anything else, Kelly? Well, I've... I've... It's been a while, but I, fi I finished Alliance Alive, finally. Um, Pascal talking about how hard the end game was scared me so much that I level grinded to a ridiculous mount amount. So I just face rolled the rest of the game. Oh, okay, that works too. I'm not not gonna blow too much on that. It's a, it's a pretty good game. Um, I recommend it. It's a nice little hidden gem for the 3DS at the end of its life cycle. Um, if you like a charming story and decent and, combat. And duck mechs. And and duck mechs and penguins. Mm -hmm. um, I recommend that game highly. Just, it, it's, it's a lot better than its predecessor, Legend of Legacy. Um, so because I finished that, I didn't know what portal ga portable game I wanted to play next. So I booted up Etrian Odyssey 5. Since they announced localization for that, um, what is it, Etrian 5, Etrian Odyssey X, Nexus? Nexus? Yeah, so, I don't know. Something <laughs> like that. I, it, it's like the greatest hits, Etrian Odyssey 5, cause all, or Etrian Odyssey, because all the classics are coming back. Yeah. So I, I've booted that up. I'm enjoying it, but boy, it. When I hit the third stratum, it hit a difficulty spike, and I wish Anna was on so I could talk with her about it if she dealt with the diff because at that point you unlock master classes, and I didn't realize i'm I mean I knew that master classes was gonna be a thing, but because I wasn't prepared for it, there was a lot of specs that for my characters that I was just not prepared for, so I'm really having to look stuff up and figure out how I want to spec my characters and I wasn't sure how I wanted to have like my fifth party member because you know I've got, I've got a tank and a healer and a dedicated damage dealer, and then I didn't really know what I wanted my other two slots to be like. If I wanted a debuffer in there, or if I wanted a buffer or two more DPS, so I was like really going back and forth before kind of settling into the party I kind of want to take through the rest of the game and part of why I never finished this game when it came out was because I just wasn't really feeling a lot of the class builds um 
in previous Etrian Odysseys, I kind of was able to figure out the class builds on my own and kind of make, make stuff work with what talents I put in my characters on my own. Um, this one, I feel like I'm really having to like look up guides and stuff like that, which is kind of frustrating to me. I, I don't like having to look stuff up. like. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to continue with that. I want to finish this game. That way I'm kind of ready for Etrian Odyssey X, even though th- there's no story con- connectivity really, but I just no. want to be able to. F- so th- there's that. And then I've been playing more WoW. Um, I finally got the Pathfinder achievement this morning. So Does that mean you're done part, for now or what? I'm I want to level my alliance character. Uh, mm, okay. I, I got them started and I gotta say the the horde definitely got the short end of the stick this expansion because I like the alliance areas and the alliance story so much more thus far. Um I, I'm particularly in love with Flynn. On the uh, alliance side. Right. No, screw that guy. Screw his escort quests. Just screw the whole thing altogether. <laughs> oh, where he? Oh, where he gets drunk and wanders right through aggro. Yeah. Yeah, I, I figured out that if I just rogue and stealth through that entire uh, sequence, then I'm okay. Because he doesn't aggro any of the mobs. Yeah, guess who plays shaman? Ugh. <laughs> And your enhancement, I imagine, so you're probably nerfed. Oh yeah, no, the enhancement feels dreadful. But I, I, I haven't exactly uh, been shy about sharing my opinions on the current World of Warcraft expansion packs. So, are you very disappointed too? Oh, I just think it's a gigantic pile of garbage. As bad as Draenor? Um, potentially. I kind of want to see what the next patch does, but I'm probably I, going to be doing it from the perspective of, you know, not subbing to it. I haven't hit the level of hatred as I have with Draenor yet, but I got to say I'm not happy with a lot of the changes and a lot of the decisions they've made. Like, I don't know if you guys saw the transmog mace issue that cropped up this week or not. Oh, yeah, yeah I heard about that. They were the one they reverted. Yeah. For, so for those that, that don't that don't follow WoW, there was a mace that dropped from the new raid that had was like item level three fifty, and then in a hot fix they changed it to like item level one eighty or something, and people were like, "What the heck? This is this a bug?" And they're like, "No, this is supposed to be a transmog item." And people got pissed, understandably so, because you know people were scrapping their previous weapon an upgrade. And luckily, they reversed the change and said that, you know, anybody that got it while it was still um, powerful is going to be able to keep the, keep it going forward. But I'm thinking, and a lot of people are agreed, that in this expansion, when there's hardly any weapons at all, why would you waste it, waste it on the loot table with a transmog item? I don't know. You have to send a nasty email to Ian Hazacostas. Oh, don't get me started on him. <laughs> he uh, he did a good PAX panel talking about his uh, journey into ga- game development, but, you know, whatever. Oh, I, 
I just I don't know where their headspace is at with this expansion. I, I a lot of people try to debunk this, but I really do feel like it's the B team working on this expansion. I um I mean I never really got beyond wherever I stopped, level one one eleven, one twelve or something. Um I have a couple of real life friends who play World of Warcraft. They've stopped playing because they find the expansion boring. You know, I, there's not even that much discussion in my guild, and I play in an RP guild on the second largest RP server in the US cluster. I just, I don't yeah. know. I've played some. I'm like 115 or so, and it's like feels like wow. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, what do you want it to do? I don't know. I, I was just so involved in the story and stuff of the last expansion, and this one, I just couldn't care. I think the problem is, is I kind of started falling off the train, like, towards the tail end of the last expansion, because they made a number of decisions that I really didn't like. Um, like, like what? The... Because I kind of took I took a break from Legion at I think it was around the start of patch seven point one. I quite enjoyed like the um sort of general feel of Legion and stuff like that. I enjoyed playing it. Um and I like finished um a lot of the reputation stuff during patch seven point zero and seven point one. And then I decided, hey, look, you'll take a break. I think I went and played like Final Fantasy fourteen some and I in playing other games. Um and then when 7.3 came out and they released the requirements for the allied races that they were planning on putting in for BFA, um, I had uh, basically met the requirements for the two horde ones on someone who has 10 alliance characters and one horde. Um, and the, the oh. alliance and the alliance unlock requirements were tied to two much more recently released reputations that um i hadn't touched so i had to start those from if i wanted to play them i wanted to, i had to start them from scratch and then they killed the ever loving crap out of the leveling stuff with 7.3.5 and then made it worse in 8.0.1 and i'm just like you know what if you don't want me playing alts just don't okay yeah i i agree with that i think that 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 was ridiculous, and if they were going to do that, they should have at least given you know something as kind of a catch-up mechanic, just so that if you were starting fresh, that you could at least you know do it in a decent amount of time. Because I I grinded both of those reps beforehand, just because um, there was like mount rewards and stuff that I wanted, and it took me a long ass time to grind those, even when it was relevant. And. I think the thing that bothers me is, okay, yeah, so we've gone into an expansion pack where these races are now, like, one of the selling points, and yet they haven't really fixed any of the problems that I had with it. They're still tied to insane rep grinds, and also the characters in question, unless you cough up the money for a race change, start at level 20, and the leveling experience still feels like crap. Uh, I, I feel your pain, because... Um... Now you've got to grind up to reputations to unlock Dark Iron Dwarves and Megar Orcs. And one of them's on the Alliance side and one of them's on the Horde side. And this reputation grind just for that has been insane. All of the world quests only give like 75 rep per world quest, no matter what it is. And I know in Legion, 
a lot of like the elite world quest gave you a lot more and the dungeon world quest gave you a lot more well, and then they turned that like... all up over time though and it started low and then it got higher as the expansion went on i, I don't think so okay well the, was... rep, well the rep no yeah. it was only the only thing they increased was the the amount of artifact power you oh, got okay. Yeah, and they're doing that with this expansion too. Only instead of increasing it, they're decreasing the ceiling. Yeah, so instead of increasing the amount you get, they're decreasing the amount you require. And at this point, a bit the problem there is that none of the stuff tied to it actually feels interesting. No, no, it's not. Um, I've gotten a couple of elite helmets just from doing world quests, and I look at the specs, and it's all the same crap and i've just been sharding them yeah and i mean and for me it's just it's not as interesting as the artifact system was Mm-mm. i just and but that's basically i mean and around the bring same time, back garrisons bring back garrisons no you know what you know what <laughs> i actually wouldn't mind that at this point i want my garrison back I miss you my know, class hall now. Like, they did a yeah, good job of the class hall. I miss hall. my I miss class that. hall. I miss my class hall. I miss the artifact. Like, around and around the same time, Final Fantasy XIV came out with um, a repeatable, another repeatable randomly generated leveling dungeon. You know, similar to Palace yep. of the Dead, except for much higher level characters. And I'm like, well, hey, okay, so here's a really simple way for me to level up alternate classes and kind of... Um, sort of cure my uh, alcoholic tendencies. I just did them in another game. Simple. I I was amused that on my Alliance Rogue, I got a replacement for my Kingslayers. Legendary weapons and the replacement I got was a broken bar bottle. <laughs> yep. I, I what I don't like is there's no real story explanation as to why your weapon sucks now. Well, we we used it to suck no, the. I missed suck. that. I messed that week, so yeah. I, I get no. They don't fill you in on it at all. No, in they the don't. Game. And if you do, if you do the Legion content now, like as a new leveling character, you just get given a useless pile of crap. Yeah, they yeah, tell you. It's, they tell you it's a legendary weapon. But you look at it and it's like, eh, this weapon's depowered. It might as well just be another piece of iron or something. Yeah, yeah they didn't think that through very well, did no. they? Like, well, t- well, well done. You've successfully kneecapped your own expansion in the space of one more expansion. Mm-hmm. Like, just... Uh... And it's a shame, because I feel like I, I, I feel like I kind of want to like it, but I really, really don't. <laughs> I I want to like it too because some some of the leveling experience I liked like um, running around in the desert with the fox people was really cute and charming and I really liked. Is that the a fox horde people. thing? Yeah. Aww. Yeah the the desert Nazmir has the Volpera, which are the little fox guys and those should they're... be in a, a race you can unlock. I hope they are. Pe- people think that they are going to be because they use the. Um, player character generation system yeah but they, and i think they said they've just found that that makes it easier to make things <laughs> they, i think they say that be- oh, to help dispel rumors a little bit mm. but who knows 
I, I, I mean, yeah, I, I'm with Alice on this one. I want to like this expansion too, but they've made a lot of bonehead decisions. Um, I, I was complaining about it before we got the bad news that uh, that other week, but when they broke the group finder thing, I was like, really? Why did you guys do this? <laughs> so what about uh, lore and stuff? Do you guys like the story in this expansion at all? And I don't have no uh, idea what's going on Horde side, so... So the way I've always felt about it was, I mean, I and this is something that I kind of complain may have complained at my guild a little bit too hard at one point was I kind of feel they've done this big major thing. We burned down the night elf tree and then they did absolutely fucking nothing with it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like if you're going to do something like that, I don't know, build a new game or something. It, again, it worked for Final Fantasy XIV when a big dragon came along and burned half the place. Oh, oh wait. They on. had that already, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just... It felt like... So basically, they've replaced Teldrassil with an animated map painting, and they've done nothing with it. I mean, okay, sure, nobody went to Donassus. It was clearly, like, you know, the, the city that nobody really liked, but they got rid of it for this and it's just what was also awful was that the story about burning down Lordaeron was a lot more interesting because it had Sylvanas being a maniacal supervillain uh, just uh, well that was part so, yeah, one no, of that so story though want, right if you well, want to so if you want a general opinion what do I think about the law it's a gigantic mess <laughs> Now, to to be fair, I've liked the lore so far on the Alliance yeah. side because I liked when you, you know, got into um, Borealis and yep. meet Jaina's mother. Yeah, and, and you she... have some lore there, and then apparently you need to do three entire zones worth of content before you will get any more lore in the interesting story. <laughs> oh, and also that the Alliance story, at least from what I've read, doesn't actually tell you anything about why you're going into the first raid. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Whereas the Horde side does. Why not? Let's just, you know, whatever. What are we doing in this game? Is it time to uninstall the... WoW? That's my question. Is it finally yeah, time? The Horde side story sucks because literally it's like, oh, we're getting away from Stormwind. Well, I guess we're going to Zandalar. And then all three continents of Zandalar is just Black Panther again, but with trolls. <laughs> you know, you... you you're making me wonder why I'm still sub two, and yet I'm sub till January. So, has anyone been playing Final Fantasy XIV lately? Uh, a little bit. They added some content, they added some story, and they added Monster Hunter. Yeah, so they added a Monster Hunter event where you get to kill, is it Rathalos? Yeah. I'm not much for Monster Hunter I need to, player, I need so. to sub in and just do that fight, if nothing else. You also get a, uh, what are they called again? You get Palico? A, yeah, you get a Palico, or... They've had Alica. many different names, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Feline. Okay, yeah. You yeah, get a yeah, cat guy. To... Yeah, so i not really played Monster Hunter. I, I, it's never particularly appealed to me um, for a number of reasons. But I think they've done a good job with the like the fight. They've made it feel different a little bit. Oh, do they make it? Yeah. So, so one of the things they did, the... The Monster Hunter version of the crossover, where they added Behemoth, 
is yeah. really different than most normal Monster Hunter fights. Yeah, like well, they, in the, it actually has mechanics. You correct. Have do, you have to. You need a yeah. tank. You need a support, and you need damage dealers. Like you need an MMO style party for it. Um, you and can do it you without it. You can like... cheese it if you're like super high level or have weird strats. But that's like what it's designed for. And that was really cool how they did that. And I was wondering if they do something similar in um, in 14 with the Rathalos fight. And they I don't kind know of, how. They, they sort of do. In the eight-man version of the fight, um, the second phase of the fight, um, he, Rathalos puts an effect on you that prevents all of your heal spells from working. Oh, no. Um, and you, only, you, can only, you can only heal through a limited number of potions. Oh, oh no. Yeah. And, uh, Amazing. There is also, uh, I think someone does have to mount the dragon at one if point. If three people die, does the fight end? Uh, no, okay. But there is a there is a extreme mode four man version of the fight. Oh, okay, that which same does, thing. does yeah. the same thing, limits your healing, gives you potions, and you fail if there are three deaths. Yes. So yeah, that's so the they, real they, monster hunter. <laughs> yeah. So they and if you if you collect, um, I think it may be a, a rad drop. Um, oh, and when you kill him, regardless of which fight, instead of having the loot automatically like deposited in your inventory, you do still have to like cut a scale off. Ah, you know, awesome! It's, it's the little details. Yes, but um, the uh, if you get enough of his uh, like the the currency, the scales, whatever, um, from the hard mode, uh, you can eventually get a Rathalos's amount. Excellent. Yeah, I want to do that. And it's been enough time since Stormblood that there's a bunch of story content now that I can totally go in there and spend some yeah, time. Yeah, the, um, the, they recently put out the top, like it was a fan-voted top 100 poll of the uh, top music tracks. Because oh, yeah. I think they're going to put like the top 10 on, an, on a separate album or something and sell that. Um, the, the track that won was the boss fight theme from the latest patch. That's how good it is. <laughs> Excellent. So, I'm trying to remember what the others are now. I've got a. I had it linked somewhere. Like the. It was like an Imago. What have library. they been doing with uh, their raids? So they had Final Fantasy V. Then they added what other final? What else did they add for their Omega so they've added stuff? Final Fantasy, they added Final Fantasy VI. Okay. So they had uh, four bosses from six. Okay. Uh, Phantom Train, which you couldn't suplex. No. Lame. Uh, um Guardian, and Kefka. Okay. And then on on hard mode, you also had God Kefka. Sure. Uh, and then the trailer for patch four point four. The only boss that they've showed so far is Chaos. Oh, from... so doing Final Fantasy one. Yeah, but there may also be some other bosses. I mean, because the 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 Omega Omega's appearance in fourteen is based on his Final Fantasy V appearance. You know, the the mm-hmm. kind of like the main pod with four yeah four leg design, um, which I think was was I think was was five Omega's first appearance in Final Fantasy. I, I don't know. I can't remember. Okay, I've <clears throat> I've just found my uh, the image library um so the top 10 um final fantasy 14 songs as voted for for the fifth anniversary uh 10 torn from the heavens nine heavensward eight equilibrium which is sophia's battle theme uh seven locus which is one of the alexander battle themes 
Uh, six is Oblivion, which is Shiva's battle theme. Um, five is the Knights of the Round one. Wait, I'm missing four. Oh, no, was it? Is this a tie or something? No, whatever. Uh, four, fourth and third are the um, Alexander Prime theme and Shinryu's theme from Stormblood. Uh, Dragon Song, the opening theme for Heavensward. And uh, finally, the patch 4.3 boss theme, Wayward Daughter. Which is staggeringly good. But <laughs> I didn't think it would... I didn't think it would be... It had, like... Uh, I didn't think it had been around long enough to win a poll like that. So they, you said they had Shiva's theme in there? Yeah, okay. she was... Because right. uh, they have to have someone's uh, summon theme in there if you're going to do a top ten list, right? So... Well, yeah, and also the knights, at some point. yeah, like the Knights of the Round and <laughs> yeah. Alexander's theme were all yeah, up Yeah, that's there. all good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, I don't know where Answers sit. You know, the main theme for... Yeah, the... forget Answers. I don't care. <laughs> I'm okay with that. The, re the reprise version is at uh, 21. Hmm. So... There are a lot of tracks on this. <laughs> oh, yeah. there's. Uh, I mean, I'll link the, the album anyway, just so people can have a look down it, but... Uh, there we go. So people can browse through. In fact, I'll link it in the disc, the RP Gamer Discord as Excellent. well. Excellent. As soon as I find, uh, where's the suitable? Yeah, just in general. Um, there you go. Excellent. So go check that out in the RP Gamer Discord if you want to see that track list. And okay, so. Sorry. Thank you for indulging me in Final Fantasy XIV, even though nobody really played it. All right. So, um, where are we at now? Alice, what have you been playing? Oh, or Kelly, did you have more? Yeah, no, I was okay. done. You were done. Okay. I, so, let's hear yeah. from Alice. What have you been playing? So, uh, before we get onto the game that I know people wanted to ask me questions about. Uh-huh. <clears throat> um, can anyone remind me why we hated Destiny 2 again? Um, I think everyone who played it said, yeah, this feels good, um, but I'm uh, just not interested in playing anymore. Hmm, fair enough. It's because well, it felt the same, right? Um, well, I think, I mean, judging from, from things that I've read since uh, Destiny 2 came out, it kind of felt like people felt that Destiny 2 was a bit of a step back from the original. At, at first, least, uh, well, absolu yeah, absolutely, yeah. at first so, people did feel at that At the way. very least, yep. a step back from Destiny 1 plus all of its DLC, mm -hmm. specifically Taken King. And, and, now, and people were upset because <laughs> it was a lot of the same mistakes that they felt like they had learned in Destiny yeah. 1, and they're so, making the mistakes again. What the hell? So, guess what? Yeah, they've made those mistakes again, and now they've released something to fix those mistakes. Yay! Just like <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> so I've been busy playing. Uh, they released um, uh, expansion pack for Saken. If people are not familiar with the big spoiler for it going into it, they've been fairly straight. Sort of, it happens right at the start. Uh, they've they've kind of teased the one. Well, they're not even teased it. They've just they killed Nolan North. No, they yeah, killed they, Nathan. Yeah, it's they just Nathan. showed the video. Yeah, they didn't. They just kill Nathan Fillion. Uh, Cade Six. Oh, it's Nathan Nathan Fillion. Yeah, Sorry. Cade Six is. They Nathan said, Fillion. "Oh, like like I think like he, we do I think in all our." Voiced by North in the videos. Oh. Well, yeah. Either way, either way, they either way they kill Cade Six right at the start of the expansion, and it's most like, of the rest of the story. Just so you guys know, we can only have a celebrity in for one expansion at a time. Then we need to remove them. In some cases, we need to completely remove them from the game. In this case, we're just going to kill them going forward. 
Well, I mean, to be fair, Arcade 6 has been around since the first game. Uh, yeah, but he didn't he didn't have Nathan Fillion voicing him. So No, I suppose not. But either way, they killed him, and most of the rest of the expansion is you going around avenging his death. Yeah. Which is actually pretty neat. Um, but isn't he a I, robot? Why don't you just fix him? Uh, it was kind of killed off in a very terminal fashion. Okay. So, and they shot his ghost as well. Oh, no. They, they, I don't know shot, why they, they, people don't they, shoot ghosts more often. I actually they, uh, feel like they, it's a big uh, hole in the lore. <laughs> they, I think they actually they do mention it a couple of times. Oh, and for, for some reason, your character has like one or two actual speaking lines. Ooh. I know, it's weird. Like, your your Destiny... Because they've been silent since the start of Destiny 2. Right. Because your ghost does what, you know, uh, no, they're Nolan North bot. Because they replaced Dinklage bot. Yeah. Like I said, <laughs> you can't have a celebrity stay in the game for too long. So, um, and I did finish the quest just this afternoon, just before the cast went live, to uh, repair Cade's trusty revolver, which actually took quite a while. Um, They've added this new sort of PvE slash PvP game mode called Gambit, where you get dropped in an area and you get attacked from four sides or three sides or something by groups like large groups of of a particular enemy faction uh and they drop stuff that you then bank into a central bank in the middle um but what you can do is uh occasionally when you bank stuff uh an invasion portal opens up you can go to the opposing team side who are currently trying to do the same thing and you can slow them down by killing them and you can also do the puzzle bubble thing where if you deposit enough of them at once, it stops them from depositing anything and they have to kill a boss before they can deposit anything again. It's actually pretty neat. The downside is is the one of the first quest steps for Cade's Revolver is you have to kill five invaders and you have to do it with hand cannons, which is surprisingly difficult. Yeah. I mean, I did it. Took a while, but I did it. I'm not good at um, that game. Sorry? I'm not good at that game. Yeah. Yeah. And they've kind of, they've like updated the UI slightly so that everything goes into collections now and you can like, as long as a weapon doesn't have like rolled or randomized stats on it, you can like pull copies of weapons out of your collection in exchange for uh, resources. So you can like throw your exotics away and stuff like that and you can just reclaim them. It's actually pretty neat. So I've been enjoying that. So you're saying I should somehow find time to play more Destiny? <sighs> eh, if you want. It depends. If you liked it I never finished that... Destiny 2, um, oh, really? but not because I didn't like it. I just got distracted and said I need to get back to this at some point. Never did. So... Because for me, I, I did finish the I finished the original campaign, but I never did the two pieces of DLC that I had access to. Mm-hmm. So I, just before, or as part of um, Forsaken, I went back and did at least one of them. Um, I didn't finish... I don't think I've actually finished either of them. I can't remember if I did the whole... Uh, like the whole missions for each of the two. But Forsaken was interesting enough for me to finish the whole campaign. So, uh, the only thing I haven't done is there's this, apparently this amazing area called the Dreaming City, which I haven't gone to yet, um, and I should probably go do that now. So, however, there was another game that I've been playing that people are much more interested in talking about. Two Point Hospital. Tell me about Two Point Hospital! 
So, actually, I kind of thinking about it, some of our listeners may not have been around when the original came out. Or when I'm referring to the original here, I'm referring to Theme Hospital, which this game basically is. Yeah. Like, it's... It is Theme Hospital 2.0 with a the same sense of humor, the same kind of goofy, cartoony art style. And I was like, hmm, this is a like either a gigantic ripoff or, as it turns out, the two people who founded the company, Two Point Studios, uh, also worked at Bullfrog and Lionhead and Mucky Foot and have previously worked on Theme Hospital, Theme Park, uh, Startopia, and a bunch of other similar games. Yeah, theme hospitals twenty years ago. Yeah, that is a long time. And I played it. I play. I remember. Oh yeah, I played the, it as well. I remember I've playing it. I remember I had playing not the original theme hospital on. I God, I might have even played it on my four eight six. You know, the computer that I had before Pentium. Before were a Pentium. Thing. Yep. Well, the Pentiums were a thing. I just couldn't afford one. Ah. Uh huh. When when I played Theme Hospital, I would always get to the level where ec- epidemics started happening and end up completely failing out because I couldn't figure out how to deal with them and my PR never recovered. Ah, uh, yeah, PR, the thing that hospitals always have to be careful about. Indeed. So, so um, <clears throat> sorry. So, uh, yeah, basically, if you liked the original Theme Hospital, this is Theme Hospital. There's no, like, two ways about it. This is Theme Hospital 2.0. Same sense of humor, same goofy art style. It's a smooth simulation. You know, the room building is Theme Hospital. It feels smooth to handle. You know, I mean, let me just... uh, The only thing they did have to do, I think, was create a bunch of, like, extremely goofy illnesses that were very similar to the original, but not the exact same. Right. Uh, So, looking... looking at what he had... Yeah, so instead of bloaty head, they did have a they had a head they have a new head related illness to replace bloaty head. Yeah. No, no, it doesn't shrink. It's now uh crap, I can't remember what it's called. I haven't found it on this particular level that I've been playing, but if I go back to one of the previous ones, which you can do, there's like a map screen, you can go to any of your previously played hospitals. Um let me pull up the old illnesses thing. Oh, that was it. Lightheadedness. Their head is a light bulb. Ah, right. Lightheadedness. <laughs> ah, yes. And they, mm-hmm. and they have to get treated at a deluxe clinic. Mm. <laughs> like, if you want medical puns, this is the game for you. Like, it's, um, it's pretty bad. Uh, let's see. What else have we got? Um,. Uh, boggled mind, uh, lycanthropy, uh, mime crisis. Uh, one of the ones here is monobrow. <laughs> the monobrow, <laughs> yep. Uh, jest infection. Jeez. It's, That's where yeah, you clowns. turn into a clown. Yeah, Yeah, it is where you turn into a clown. Uh, there's one where you have a saucepan stuck in your head, and it's called pandemic. Ah, yep. <laughs> uh, misery guts, which is a chronic grumpiness due to a nihilistic semicolon. <laughs> Uh, Freudian lips. There's uh, seems to be an- one where they have animals stuck all over them. I haven't got to that one okay. yet. Uh, verbal diarrhea and bed face. Mm. So, you know, same kind of thing as the original where you had uh, inflated head and slack tongue and things like that. It 
same same thing but different and you get to scare clowns until they turn back into normal people but there's a couple of like minor details i noticed um so one of the things you can do is you can unlock items that increase prestige of rooms which like gives minor stat bonuses to them so that they like either diagnose better or make people happy when they go into them kind of makes the rooms like a little bit more uh lively compared to what they looked like in theme hospital um the other thing was the um uh, the emergencies are back which is fair enough the emergencies were in theme hospital um, is that like a disaster in SimCity? Yeah, so you get a little pop-up saying like a certain number of uh, patients have been like discovered with this disease. You know, you need to cure them all within a certain oh, time frame okay. and they'll all just suddenly arrive at your hospital. The little detail I noticed was if you accept one of those for jest infection, uh, they turn up in a clown car. Oh, nice. <laughs> and they all do that silly, silly animations when trying to get out of the car and there's like eight of them in there or whatever. And I'm just thinking, you know what? A bunch of very dedicated people decided to put that kind of very minor detail in. Yep. It just lets you know that this game was made by a bunch of people who kind of really care about things. That's um, awesome. The other one of the, one of the minor changes that they made was um, originally they had the research. Researching was in the original theme hospital, uh, but your... Um, if you kill patients, and you will occasionally kill patients, there are some the treatments don't have a 100% effectiveness rate, and your staff will occasionally be stupid and kill a patient. Uh, is the ghosts will haunt your hospital, Ooh. but you can vacuum them up. But with your janitors can vacuum them up and then contribute them to your research department. Excellent. <laughs> So yeah, it's dumb. It's really dumb, but it's a lot of fun. And if you like simulation games, this is a really, really well-made one. Uh, and apparently Two Point Studios are going to do more simulation games in this vein. So there may be a Two Point theme park coming at some point. Oh, I could only hope. I want them to do another version of Startopia. Uh, one of the people who's involved with this, with the with the studio who helped found it, um, was I believe either the art director or the creative director at Mucky Foot when the, uh, Startopia was made. And for those not familiar, Startopia, you, you, I think you can get on Steam. Is basically theme, uh, theme space station. Oh, okay. And it's a really, really good little game. And I think it's like the practically the only game that Mucky Foot ever did. Um, and they went out of business shortly thereafter. But it's really good. <laughs> Oops. What, what I want, and I know that this already exists, but I want a two-point Dungeon Keeper. So bad. Yeah, that could be good. I know War for the Overworld already kind of exists, and it's kind of a Dungeon Keeper, but I would want Aren't there want a bunch something... of Dungeon Keeper clones lately? Dungeons and Dungeons 2 and... Um, oh. War for the Overworld is close is close enough that it made me wonder if they were going to get sued by EA. Oh, okay. But I would much rather have one like from the actual people. Yeah, no, I get that. Well, it came out in 2015. Um, huh. So... But yeah, if you if you like if you like sim games, I know I keep saying it, get this one. It's good stuff. I am so tempted. It's too many good games out right now. 
Well, since World of Warcraft is a gigantic pile of crap right now, and I'm not a Dragon Quest person, um, I've just been, I say, playing this and playing Destiny. With some evening time spent playing terrible mobile games when I'm lying in bed, but there you go. I've been playing um, Mobile Motorsport 3 on my mobile games in bed, and it's amazing. I like it. I've been playing the Japanese release of Fate Grand Order because I hate myself. Yeah, why do you hate yourself? Eh, because I'm I really like the Fate series. Is that a gotcha game? Of course it is. Of course it is. Basically it's basically propping up the entire Fate meta series right now. Oh, delightful. Because I mean if as long as it helps them put out games like um Fate Extella, the Dynasty Warriors style game that's on PS4 and PC, then fine, whatever. I can deal with it. Anyways, uh, unfortunately, I kind of need to go because it's to... getting close. To, I need, it's getting close to eight o'clock, and I haven't had dinner yet. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, thank you, Alice. We'll Enjoy you your time. dinner. Yes. Yeah, I will try and be on the cast more often than I have been. Good. Been yeah. Well, you. blame blame me being blame me being misery guts last all week right. or the well. week before. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Thanks, Alice. All right. See ya, Jonathan. What have you been playing? Sorry, I'm in here. I was eating a cracker. You're eating a cracker. Okay. <laughs> yeah, my timing was bad. You've been playing PC RPGs. A little bit. Um, yeah. So, the first game I'll talk about... I haven't played this a ton. I'm not sure how much I will like it. It's called Hard West. Hard West. It looks good. I've been checking that one out for a while. And... The reason why I played it, I'm, let me think of the that developer. One second, Hard West. So there's a new game that developer, the developers called Creative Forge Games, and they released Phantom Doctrine. Oh right, which I was seeing yeah. a lot of press on, and um, it's kind of like XCOM. Saw mostly good reviews, some negatives, and. It mentioned they also made Hard West. I was like, hey, I already have Hard West. I'm going to go check out what else they've made before and see if I'll like Phantom Doctrine, maybe. So I'm playing it. It's obviously a Western-type game. It's a tactical RPG. I like the themes. I like the settings. I like the look. It's all kind of cool. It's kind of like a Western with some... Uh, horror aspects to it some kind of like uh lovecraftian themes in a way with some mysterious evil mysticism stuff going on so that's all well and good um my biggest issue is the combat and the structure of the game is not really like a tactical rpg where you like level up your guys you do it a little bit but the combat's very sparse when you actually get to do it, and they're all kind of pre-scripted, sort of. Okay, you got to do this, and then shoot, and go around, and you kind of have a certain way you need to do the battles. So uh, you also spend a lot of time in the overhead map. Okay, you're going to mine here, and then go here and mine, and, and you're going to pick this one or this, uh, go shallow, deep, or or uh, 
intermediate and it'll kind of give you a hint on which parts of the mines have already been picked over and you try to get more gold and you just kind of make your way through all of it picking them all and you'll eventually get enough gold and then you go on to do a fight and it's just very shallow so it didn't really grab me all the way there's things i like things i don't i got done playing it for a few hour session and then when i set back my pc i didn't have the hey i need to go play some more hard west so i don't want to it's i don't think it's a bad game I just maybe it's not exactly what I was expecting and it didn't really suck me in and I think it's more the case I have so many games that there's probably better games to play for me sure. so I don't know if I'm going to go back to sure. it or not um, so that's that one the other one I was like okay Divinity 2 the Definitive Editions come out uh, sorry, Divinity Original Sin 2, Definitive Edition's out. Yeah. I still need to go back and play all through Divinity 1. Oh, and okay. I, I wanna, so I only did a little bit of it. I've only kind of dipped my toes in the pool on both of these games. So, you know, played the first The first game is very week. different tonally than the second game. Mm-hmm. And so far, I'm liking the first game. My problem with the first game is I was trying to play multiplayer. Oh, yeah. While maybe it, it's set up for that in a way with the little paper, rock, scissors with the two characters and you kind of own your own characters. Yeah, it's awful. Don't do it. <laughs> it's also very disjointed feeling because you'll be sitting there talking to doing something in your partner. If you're not totally coordinated, they're running off talking to people and advancing the story. And I don't know what the hell's going on. And I'll do something. He didn't know what the hell's going on. And it's it's hard to kind of keep us both on the same page. And I just couldn't get into what was going on. It seems to me I need to play these games solo for me to they get They supposedly the tried to make the, the co-op flow better in the second game. I just yeah. don't know how it works out in practice. I haven't tried it. It's similar, but maybe a little better. Hmm. But I don't know. Even then, I still kind of like having not just my character, but having a cast of characters and setting up my own strategies yep. in battle. And, and obviously you can talk to your friends on Discord. We play and we sit there and voice chat together and do it. It's still not the same. And it's hard for me to... It's more of I'm just being uh, responding and doing and maybe we'll talk a little bit. But I, I don't have like this battle strategy, this grand strategy in my mind that I can do because I'm just focused on my one guy. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of just like sitting around waiting for my guy's turn. Okay, I'm going to do an attack. And okay. And it's a lot of downtime in battles. Whereas... When I'm playing solo, I, there's hardly any downtime in battles, only when the enemies are doing things. And then I'm obviously very much concerned with what the enemies are doing anyway because they're interacting against my character. So that being said, I think I'm enjoying it more solo, even though a lot of the highlights for people on these games were that they're supposed to be good multiplayer experiences on a in a genre that usually doesn't have good multiplayer experiences. So... But I'm enjoying it. Good game. Great game. I'm looking forward to playing that. Um, uh, some more. Uh, I don't know if we talked about it much. One thing I watched that I want to discuss a little bit is I, I watched that pretty long uh, cyberpunk uh, gameplay. Yeah, is that fun? Yeah. yeah, it was pretty good. Did y'all talk about that already? I, I mean, I saw game. it at E3, but uh, no, we did not really talk about the demo because nobody had watched it last time we did a show. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, I didn't know. Was that the same E3 demo, or was this a different demo? Uh, yeah, it's like what they showed at E3. Yeah. Okay, that that seems 
I'll say a few comments. But they didn't show it publicly at E3. That's the thing. This is the first time everyone gets to see it. So that's why it's a big deal. So E3 was behind closed doors. So gotcha, gotcha. Uh, I, you know, obviously it looks really promising. I love the the look. I love the world. I like what they the options you can do. Uh, it kind of feels GTA ish in some ways. Um, maybe more RPG like. I'm hoping those missions and quests and all the stuff you can do is is as dynamic as they make it seem instead of just being kind of canned missions if you and, and it kind of felt more like that but I've seen a lot of games like that where they promise these engaging and deep storyline type missions where you can do and it obviously it takes a lot of effort and work to to do that but and they have it a little bit and the rest of them are a little repeatable very generic stale kind of missions that you just do on the side that pop up on your little radar and it gets kind of grindy so i'm wondering what the the balance of that will be if they're you know what i'm saying yeah and it's really not clear yet how that's going to work out they're just showing very storyline focused missions going on here like your freedom of choice extends to what jacket you put on and like what (laughs) mods you get installed (laughs) so Mm -hmm. yeah that looks really cool i love Shadowrun. I love like Blade Runner. This is like you know, putting all that together in this um, really immersive package. So the sky's the limit to me. I'm trying not to let myself overhype on it because it's easy to do in these games. And then when yeah. you set such a high bar, you know, if it doesn't live up to certain things, it you know, it sometimes can suffer for it. But uh, I'm trying to hold back the hype, but very optimistic, very excited about it. Uh, just so far off, so I'm also, that's another reason why I'm kind of tempering my. Uh, yeah, I mean, but you know, this is from The Witcher Three, folks. So yeah, yeah. it's a good sign. <laughs> yeah, so that was what I wanted to chime in there. Other gameplay, I'm trying. There's something else I thought I played, but maybe not. I haven't been playing as many games lately. I've been working a lot of my uh, Infinity models and playing in that and stuff. So that's a bit of a big time sink, but. I think that's it for me. Cool. All right. That leaves Alex. What have you been playing? Hello. Hello. Yeah. Um, well, most of this week I've been playing Punchline. I don't know what that is. It came out in Europe. Okay. Punchline is basically an adventure visual novel written by Gotoro Uchikoshi. Who... I should have known it's a visual novel. Why did I? Yeah. Even... yeah. Okay. But he's the guy who's behind the Zero Escape series. With a talking kitty cat. Yeah, Punchline is, yes. Yeah. Or Ghost Kitty Cat. Hmm. But yeah, I mean, this one's slightly unusual in that it actually started off first as an anime and the visual novel came after it. But basically, it, it pretty much follows exactly the same story as the anime, but there's some... Um, a fair bit of additional content, and I think the en- the ending's been changed a bit, which I think people will probably appreciate. Us, so I think that was like the most hated bit of the anime was the ending. But yeah, it's it's a strange one because the first half of the game is basically a lot of ghost-based puzzles, where because the the main character has been pushed out of his body as a result of various things just happening to him. So you're basically going around doing ghost stuff to try and get his body back, which 
kind of isn't really re- connected to what he's doing, but whatever. And then the second half just becomes pure visual novel, as basically you see all the story elements like that would be familiar to Zero Escape fans just appearing in the game. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, I, I go into them, but they sort of get massive spoilers just from mentioning what they are. But yeah, it's quite amusing just seeing that seeing all those random things just suddenly start appearing in the game, which is about not seeing people's panties. Ah. <laughs> because if you see panties, then the world will be destroyed. Well, that would be tough. Yeah, and the world gets destroyed quite often. For- fortunately, ghosts can go back in time, so... As everyone knows. Is there a reason why, when he sees panties, the world gets destroyed? Or... Yes, it does actually all connect quite interestingly. A lot of it, you don't actually find that out until the end, but basically because he because he sees panties, it sort of makes his body, his real body, sort of react differently, and then he can't do the actions needed to stop the world being destroyed. Oh, I see. <clears throat> so, yeah, I, wasn't uh, sure. I wasn't sure if there was, like, nuclear panties in the world or something. No, it just caused an asteroid to um, hit the Earth and wipe out everyone. Well, this looks like a game Anna should play. When is this out in the U.S.? It is out uh, end of this month. End of this month, okay. But yes, it, yes, is it on Vita or Switch or anything, or is it only PS4? Yeah, I, play, I, played, it, I played it on Vita. It's okay. also on PS4 and PC. Okay. Yeah, Vita. Anna, are you pre-ordering Punchline? No, she says. Do you know what it is? Okay. It's a visual novel on the Vita. So it's by the Zero Escape guy. By the Zero Escape guy. And it's anime and funny looking. Yeah, there's a lot less... And there's less, a talking um, yeah. cat. Yeah, there's a lot less death in this one. There's much less death. Alright, she was interested at Zero Escape. The rest just didn't get a reaction, so... That's fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically divided into... It looks good. Like, it's like, yeah, it it's, looks like it's it should be an anime. Hours long. <laughs> well, yeah, it was. Oh, it, it was an anime. Oh, okay. Yeah, it, it started out as an anime. It's, it oh. was that first, and it's sort of... It's fairly obvious when you see the structure, because it's basically divided... It's 15 hours long, but it's divided into about 22 episodes... And every episode has both the opening theme and ending credits. Mm. Yeah, it, it's one that I was a bit iffy on initially, but sort of got really hooked on as I was playing it. So, if I could just watch it as an anime, that'll save me some time. Let's see. But you'll get the bad ending. Why? What? Why would I get the bad ending? Because that's what the anime has. The anime has the bad ending. The hell? It has a it has a worse ending than the visual novel. Lame. This is one of the main points of the visual novel is it gets you got to fix the ending a bit. <laughs> I want the good ending. Let's see his punchline. If he sees <clears throat> underwear, humanity will be destroyed. Yep. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is basically the premise. It's just 12 episodes, it looks like. Well, I mean, how does he know the difference between boxers and regular shorts? 
There's a plot hole. <laughs> okay. Well, there's no plot hole. It doesn't. There's nothing that's um, ambiguous about whether it's panties or not here. And of okay. course, the title sequence. The title. This is so stupid. Everyone's skirts are blowing up, so you can see underwear on the title for the card for oh. the enemy. It's yeah. So dumb. <sighs> is this a moe thing? Not really. There's, sort of okay. some, there's some bits that are like that, but it's does a decent job in sort of using the panty stuff purely for humor rather than anything else. All right. If you do it in the game, it fairly quickly just goes to a shot of um, the world being destroyed. So. <laughs> All right. You learn not to look at panties if you don't want the world to be destroyed. All right. So you actually played Phantom Doctrine. Yes. So you can tell Jonathan how good or bad it is. <laughs> I I enjoyed it, but it sort of depends on what sort of thing you're expecting from it. And it's it's on the face of it fairly XCOMy. But there's a, it's a lot more about being stealthy rather than actual combat. When you get into actual co- getting into actual combat is generally quite an easy way for your agents to be killed. So if you can do missions completely stealthily, which is, I think that's what depends on what difficulty level you're playing on as to how feasible that is. Wasn't it about setting up coordinated actions between your party and stuff too? You can do a bit. It's more about sort of keeping out of the way of, well, the, it's, again, it probably depends on what difficulty level you're playing it. I was playing it on easy because I suck at these sort of games. For most of it, so I was sort of generally able to just just stealth my way around things for the most part. Sure. So I was reading a big complaint was that enemies had broken line of sight on your guys, and they would catch you all the time when they shouldn't be able to. It's well, I think it's the line of sight is designed to be different. It's not proper line of sight it's more if you know the cat if and then if someone knows the character is there then they can generally hit them so so it's not it's one of the things that sort of takes a bit of getting used to in that line of sight isn't really a thing yeah they can shoot through walls and everything yeah but i mean that goes for your characters as well it's not enemy as well there's it does it a bit it makes it a bit hard to sort of think tactically, but it sort of goes both ways. The main thing is that enemies are usually a bit more prepared for combat than you are because you want to go in stealthy, which means you can't do stuff like putting on full armor, etc., things like that, because then it just means that someone just sees you and goes, yeah, that's clearly not a person who belongs here. Yeah, the combat system's interesting because it also has a thing where there's no such thing as a miss. <laughs> what? Quite... So How does that work? What... It sort of means that anything will hit unless there's something on the character that's being fired that means they won't get it. So things like they can dodge if they've got a certain thing called... something called awareness, which means they can sort of be aware that they're going to get hit so they move so they won't get hit. They've also got things like cover, so it reduces the amount of damage. Armor as well, things like that. Not sure if I'm liking these explanations as far as me wanting the game more or not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it depends sort of what you want from the 
thing. I I really enjoyed all the stealth parts. So that's that was the main appeal for me. I really liked the stealthy bit. If you're in there for like tactical combat, then probably not so much. Yeah, because I think that's where Hard West suffers the most due is their combat. Yeah, so I think Phantom Doctrine sort of goes that way to put more of an emphasis on trying to be stealthy than clever about it. Staying out of the staying out of the view of all the enemies and so forth. But yeah, generally it's got a fun gameplay loop. The thing is it it's not too long, which is good because it sort of starts wearing a bit thin towards the end of things. And there's also a thing where you don't really get the full story if you're just doing the first playthrough. The ending's a bit damp. It just sort of hints that there's a wider conspiracy that you didn't get the first time. Please play again. <laughs> but it was fun to play, so I can't really complain too much. Okay. Yeah. I'm working through... Oh, yeah, you can... You also have the bits where you do the traditional detective... Attach string to things to um, line them up, which is fun. I like doing that. Yes. <laughs> just get those Conspiracy. keywords. Just, put, just, just find, just pin them together until you say unlock the uh, location of where this thing that happened was. Nice. Okay. Is that everything you played? Uh, well, I sort of. I started playing, doing my replay of Xenoblade Chronicles Two. Oh, okay. With like the DLC and stuff. Have, yeah, from all the stuff coming out, and also playing it on the new game plus made does that add a lot uh, I think it adds things like blades and there's some blades that are new game plus only right the spoiler some blades quests as well <laughs> and the new game plus made also mean also sort of lets you carry over a bunch of stuff which I do plus it lets you de-level your characters as well which I sort of did immediately otherwise you sort of carry over the levels so instead, you can just go to the end and de-level them back to a normal thing if you want to still keep some challenge going on. And you can use the bonus experience points on some bonuses, strange enough. Neat. Yeah, I think I've said enough on how much I like Xenoblade. <laughs> Probably true. All right, so it's time for news, right? Yes, All we right. got a lot. Well, we, let's see what we can <laughs> call out here. But, um, okay, so Nintendo had some Nindy stuff that they showed a while back. Um, it looks like they showed Monster Boy and the Cursed Kingdom, Streets of Rogue, Bad North, Moonlighter, Children of Morta, and Slay the Spire. If you hadn't seen that, you should go watch it. I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> they had more stuff that they showed in a follow-up yes, video. Did, yeah, they yeah. did one at Gamescom and one at PAX. Right. And then the second one, they showed um, Hyperlight Drifter coming to Switch, um, which has some new modes. Uh, Bastion and, Transi and Transistor both come into Switch. And Into the Breach is out on Switch, which is the follow-up to... Um, the, FTL. FTL, yes. Well, it's kind of, yeah. It's the same well, guys, same people. Yeah. Different gameplay. I relate that game. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. 
Um, and that was it, right? Oh, and um, they now have firm release dates for Wasteland 2, which is September 13th, Dragon Mark for Death, which is December th- December 13th, and Desert Child, which is December 2018. Um, and let's see, what else dates do we have? Transistor, November 1st, Bastion, September 13th. A lot of stuff on September 13th. That's next week. Uh, let's see. And uh, Hyperlight Drifter on September 6th, so it's out now. Woo! Okay, there's your Switch stuff. Grandia 1 and 2 coming to Switch. Um, we actually played the Grandia 2 remake on Switch at uh, PAX. So, um, and I'll have some impressions on that next week for you. And uh, when is it coming? I don't know. I think they're working on it. It's pretty early. <laughs> and Shenmue 3 set for August. Uh, Shenmue 1 and 2 are out now. Um, that's right. August of 2019, though. <laughs> Sorry if you got your hopes up, because August is over in 2018. So Shenmue 3 will be out August 27, 2019. It has a date. You can play the first two now. Nobody cares, because who cares about Shenmue right now? There's too many other good games to play. Uh, the greater hey, the Shenmue, the Shenmue fan base is passionate. All right, fair enough. Uh, the Greater Good is a side-scrolling adventure RPG that's out on September 18th. I don't. That's October. October twenty third now. Oh, it's October twenty third now. There must be another story later in the browser tab. Uh, no. no, okay, just changed. It looks yeah. um, you know what I like? The art style reminds me of Out of This World, uh, the old adventure game. Um, but uh, I don't know what's going on here. Yeah, uh, I don't know if it's good or bad, but uh, it is a modern take on classic RPGs. They claim whatever that means, because it don't look like a classic RPG. But uh, that's what they say. Uh, see if you like that in October. Battletech's getting an expansion. Jonathan, you, you did you ever Woo-hoo. finish that? Oh, yeah. Oh, you did? Okay. And I'm actually was been tempted to do, because they made a lot of um, patch changes as well, as far as depth, uh, doing the side mission stuff, a whole bunch of things, and they promised a lot more in this uh, DLC. So I just I have not tempted. had a chance at all to play that game, and I feel real bad about it. I really like it. Right, so I'm looking. I think it's November the DLC. So I'll probably do. And they're putting a big content patch alongside it that does a lot of other stuff. So uh, when that comes around, I'm probably gonna do another playthrough. Yeah, maybe I'll be. Maybe I'll have room for that game in November. That'd be nice. Um, yeah, new mechs and stuff too. Cool. Is that a free expansion or is it gonna cost money? The expansions are free. The patches are free. The DLC is gonna be uh, money. Okay. I don't know how much. Cool. Um, time traveling RPG was announced called The Waylanders. It's from uh, Gato Salvaje. I don't know how to pronounce that name. Uh, that's the name of their studio, Gato Salvaje Studio. It's a time traveling fantasy RPG with uh, a dude used to be from Bioware named Mike Laidlaw, contributing to the game as a narrative and creative consultant. And it's a mixture of the Celtic and medieval eras. And I think we have a dog in the background making noise. Hi. Um, I think that's my cat who's playing with his ring toy. Oh, okay. (laughs) Fair enough. Um, So it's going to be real-time with pause combat and isometric and third-person views, 36 character classes based on six regular classes, and 30 advanced options. Um, So this seems like a hardcore computer RPG type of thing based on that description. So see how that works out. It's coming out quarter one of 2020. So that's a, it's it's a ways off unless they're able to use the time travel to come out earlier. So, 
Langrisser 1 and 2 is getting a remake. It's uh, being developed for Nintendo Switch and PS4 in Japan. No announcement of Western release or anything yet because we don't have anything. Oh, it's really interesting because that was the game I played not too long ago. I was talking about in here a bit. Yeah. Okay. Originally came out for the Genesis and TurboGrafx-16, huh? Interesting. Uh, oh, as Warsong originally. Uh, all right. Anyway. Um, they announced that they're adding DLC to those those remakes to put a classic mode in there if you want it to look like the old game. Yeah, uh, basically the DLC makes, adds the original artist character designs. Ah, okay. And, a, yeah, the remake's using, I think, the character designer for Artanelico, I think. Yep. And then we have the wrong date in the story here. It says it's coming to Japan on February 7, 2018. Probably not. Probably 2019 for that. But uh, <laughs> either that or it's already out, and we just didn't realize it. I don't think so. And let's see. There we go. Cool. Whew. Langrisser. Who's... So... Jonathan's in the Langrisser. Is that like a big title? I never got into those. Uh, it was back in the day, and yeah. they had several titles on Saturn. I know Minky has played them all, even uh, the, the well. imports, so he's into them. He uh, as of late, they just had that one 3DS release that was very underwhelming, and no one liked it. Fair enough. So it was kind of yeah, that's the Langrisser in name only. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> but it's a fairly, fairly storied uh franchise uh maybe a little more niche but uh especially in japan not as much here in the west kind of a battle system is it like turn-based rpg it's, thing or? it's turn-based rpg uh but you have like hero characters and then they have little troops and they have 10 health each okay and so your your heroes level up but your troops don't so it's kind of more on the tactical side strategy side interesting bandai namco has announced a new mmo called Bless Unleashed. It's being developed by Korean company NeoWiz. It's coming out first on Xbox One in 2019, and it's being designed with mature audiences in mind. I don't know if that means there's going to be a lot of panty shots or what, but uh, combo-driven combat system with five classes, cooperative play, and PvP. So I'm guessing it's mature from the blood perspective. Uh, it was at PAX. Uh, Sarah McGar should have a, um impression of that soon, so she's able to see that. I was amused reading the Steam reviews for its predecessor. Oh? It has a predecessor? Oh, yeah. They're not good. No. (laughs) 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 All right. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 Torna was shown at Gamescom, and some more expansion pack content came out for that. So, um, I don't know. I forget what they added in the expansion pack this time. They added the Xenoblade Chronicles cross character. Oh, okay. And a and another blade. Another blade. All right. Cool. Uh, the last remnant is off of Steam now. <laughs> Sorry if you missed it. Um, so tough. I don't know what's up with that. And why they had to pull it? But they did. I suspect it's music, right? Because right. I think it it sort of aligns with the standard rights length. That's the way it got removed. So I think that's the most likely reason. But did they pull it from the Xbox Store too, or just the uh, Steam? Um, I don't know if it was ever digitally available. Yeah, I'm not sure. Because not everything on 360 was right. So 
Um, Nintendo and Psy Games, they had like a big direct and talked about a free-to-play game. Yeah. It was like a big thing. Like, free-to-play RPG with microtransactions coming to iOS and Android on September 27th. And you can go watch the whole direct on our site and be like, why is Nintendo doing this to me? Or you could be excited. I don't know. Maybe you'd be that way. To be fair, the action RPG looked, or the the RPG was kind of interesting because it was more of an action RPG and less of a click to make things, attack things yeah, kind of game. Yeah, but it's like it's a gotcha game, so. <sighs> All right. Well, True. Yeah. Maybe it'll be good. I don't know. It'll be out later this month. We'll find out. Uh, and it has a story, and they put a trailer for the story up. And then Nippon Ichi announced Lapis De, uh, Ray Abyss. Um, Lapis Re Abyss? I don't know. It's coming out in Japan on November 29th. It was not at PAX because it's Japan only for now. And uh, you stack characters on top of each other. So, very important. Mochi mode. Yeah. Um, and it looks like, are those the characters from the princess making game? Oh, I don't know. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Um, and they put out more details about yeah, stacking characters. It has actually got an international name. Oh, what is it? Um, Lapis Cross Labyrinth. Lapis Cross Labyrinth, okay. The cross, obviously, being the standard X. Ah, right. Fair enough. Uh, then um, Tiny Build announced two RPGs, Hellpoint, an action RPG from Cradle Games, which is kind of like action RPG in the Dark Souls type sense, and... Undungeon, which is a pixel art actual art action RPG from Laughing Machines, and uh, do we have a? It's very pixely, and you run around beating stuff up, right? Yeah, overhead beat it, beat stuff up type thing. Okay, cool. And then we have a mobile game, Wild Arms Million Memories, first look. So that's uh that's a thing happening. You can go just play that probably decide if you want to stick with it but uh well actually i guess it's only in japan for now huh so that that's a thing because you know mobile games that's what you yep. you want right yep just like the awkward fans were so delighted that they got so mobile delighted. Game. yeah all right here's the announcement story for rebel galaxy outlaw which we already talked about valkyria chronicles remasters coming to switch in october for 20 bucks so yet another opportunity to play valkyria chronicles remastered or feel bad about how you still haven't played valkyria chronicles remastered i need to play this yeah Josh here it comes on switch you have no excuses no excuses you're right i don't yeah. all right um, then they announced a Valkyria Chronicles 4 DLC schedule, so you can go find that on the on the on the uh, on the site if you want to che- see that. Uh, lots of five dollar DLCs coming in November and December. It looks like so. Um, Anthem got a pre launch is getting a pre launch demo. Anthem is Bioware's attempt at doing Destiny, so that's going to be out mm, three weeks before the full game. So it'll be out on February first, right? And it'll be available to those who've pre-ordered the game or are members of Origin Access or EA Access. So if you uh, want a demo, that's how they're going to do that. Okay. The Surge is going west with some new DLC. The Surge is kind of a Dark Souls clone that happens in um, uh, kind of a futuristic... Yeah, with robots. Yeah, with robots and stuff. But this is going to... 
I guess they're going for the uh, the Westworld sort of thing, so they're going to have a Western world or something going on here. Um, yeah, the good, the bad, and the augmented. So they're playing sci-fi action RPG to the Wild West-themed area. That'll be coming out October 2nd. So more DLC for The Surge. Pillars of Eternity 2 is getting its second DLC called um, Seeker Slayer Survivor. Is that what it's called? Yeah. And it's a primarily combat-focused gladiatorial arena known as the Crucible, and you do stuff there. There's a trailer for it. It's 10 bucks or part of the season pass. Out September 25th. Final Fantasy 15 is coming to the PS4 and the Xbox One and the Switch. You're going to say, wait, Yay. it was already on PS4 and Xbox One. Um, but uh, this is the Pocket Edition. Or oh. the Gladiolus Abs Edition. Um, <laughs> the Gladiolus Squished My Face Edition. Yeah. <laughs> so Pocket Edition coming to PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. This was going to be part announced in a Direct, but the Direct got canceled due to some... Uh, national or do some natural disaster stuff going on in japan or something earthquake like earthquake yeah and so the yeah it's it's gonna be 30 bucks on on um each of these consoles i guess and a 40 percent launch discount so it's only 18 bucks at launch it'll be out on when no release date Okay. It's out now for PS4 and Xbox One, and yeah. Okay, so no release date for the as soon Switch. As they so as soon it's... as they reschedule direct for Switch. Okay, so Probably. as soon as they reschedule the direct for Switch, it'll probably come out at that that day. Um, I don't know if the launch discount will also apply to the Switch, but it is applied to. Oh, okay. There you go. Anna's telling I'm me yes, it will. will. All right. So if you want to play Final Fantasy 15 again, but look slightly different or very different. Um, on your PS4, and I don't know why you'd get this on without PS4 or Xbox DLC One. Content. It's so weird. Yeah, without all the new DLC. <laughs> but this is I the am... version Anna wants to play, so she's looking forward to this. She already has it on her iPad, but now it's going to come out on Switch, and I feel like she's going to play it on Switch instead. Yeah, the Switch bit is what I can, yeah, I can have... understand that. Yeah, I, I understand the Switch. You I don't it. really understand the PS4 and Xbox One versions. Oh, all right. Sorry. Double What'd dipping. So we're going to buy it eight times. Um I'm just not a fan of that art style. You don't like the art style, huh? No, Anna's so into this art style. And she's yelling at me from the other room instead of being on the show. I don't know. I why. might be more interested if the uh, character's face is changed in any way. In any, you know what? I don't think they're going to change the faces at this point. Oh, no. They probably would have yeah. showed that. <laughs> oh, you mean if they actually showed expressions? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. All, all the ones in Noxus are the same, but... I think that that's Noctis, so it's hard to tell. <laughs> it's hard to tell with Noctis. The Chocobos are cute. That's a very cute Marlboro. Marlboro? Marlboro? Mar- Marlboro is a cigarette, right? Yeah. I, I just think that if they were going to go with that chibi art style, that they should have went more the Bravely Default route, where the character faces still kind of looked You mean expressive. where they have no feet? Yeah, where, they, where <laughs> the faces look expressive, but the, the they don't look like their heads are all squished. Uh-huh. I don't know. <clears throat> Remember, this is the company that put out those weird versions of Final Fantasy V and VI and on the on Steam that had like the terrible looking artwork. So, yeah, I know. They don't know what they're doing. Anyway, so if you want this on those consoles, you can get it there, or you can wait and get it on the Switch and finally have Final Fantasy on the Switch. Okay. That said, THQ Nordic has acquired Amalur. 
the uh, if you remember Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning and stuff. So someone's finally picked up all that stuff. So that's going to THQ Nordic, who's really just trying to turn into THQ, and they're they're getting close. Um, and anyway, so that was uh, that's all we know. They've got it. Let's see if they do anything with it. Fell Seal Arbiter's Mark has hit early access. It's an RPG. It's a tactical RPG. So if you want some 2D art tactical RPGs on the PC, you can go check that out on Steam right now. It's 20 bucks, um, and it'll probably be in early access for six months, they said, which is nice to have somebody say that. That was a Kickstarter game, so go check that out if you've been following that or care about that. Um, yeah, I'm going to try to look into that. I have I kickstarted it, and I have the early access already. I just haven't played it yet, so maybe I'll do that. And cool, I'd be happy to hear about it, yeah. yeah. It's got a very... Um, I like the, the way the battle system maps to the maps. It looks very tactics-ish, so it's pretty cool. See how that goes. Um, all right, so there's a game called Rune coming out soon. Uh, it was formerly called Rune Ragnarok, and now it is going to enter Steam Early Access in September, and they've got a trailer for that. So it is a... What kind of game is it? I don't remember. I just have a trailer, so let's see. Action game, action RPG probably, with Vikings, so... All right, Underworld Ascendant has a date. It's coming out in November for twenty nine ninety nine on Steam, and uh, I backed this one, so I will let you know how it turned out. Um, the more I've seen of its development, the less excited I've gotten. Um, it's looking rough, but we'll see. Maybe they pull it off. Uh, all right. THQ Nordic is showing Biomutant and Darksiders at Gamescom. I know they showed Biomutant at PAX as well. Um, I, I, they probably had Darksiders 3 there as well, and I just ignored it. I don't know why I did that. That seems dumb. Um, yeah. And let's see. Biomutant is like open-world RPG combining kung fu and post-apocalyptic where you play as mutated animals. Um, and Darksiders 3, of course, is the sequel to Darksiders 2, which is the sequel to Darksiders 1, which is your four horsemen of the apocalypse type person dealing with the God, end of the world. God yeah. of Zelda. God of Zelda. Yeah. <laughs> um, Biomutant looked really good, by the way. So um, I didn't get I'm to curious. play it, but I did look at it a lot there. So. I'm I'm very curious about that. I keep seeing screenshots of it with the raccoon. Yeah, it might be too hard though. So that's my only concern. So see how difficult the combat is. Um, yeah. And Ark the Lad R is out now in Japan. So that's the iOS game that Alex was referring to earlier about how sad they are. Um, <laughs> Mutant Year Zero, Road to Eden's got a release date. It is December 4th on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. And uh, if you pre-order, you get a bunch of bonuses on their website, like digital art book and stuff. So go check that out if you care about their new stealth strategy game from the Funcom and the Bearded Ladies. So I guess the Bearded Ladies is the developer. I have no idea what this game is about, except they show a pig being born in it because reasons. Or... I think that's what that is. It's really gross. Oh, and then they have a mutant pig at the end. So they genetically engineered a piggy. Uh, I don't know what's going on. Um, so it's a survival turn-based strategy combat system. So I think it was XCOM. Oh, is it? Okay. 
So Anna and I saw an XCOM-y type game at PAX called Eternal... Oh, no. What was it called, Anna? Endless Sunshine... No. Now all I got is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind in my head. So I will never I will never be able to remember the name of this game now unless I find the business card. Is it on my desk? No, 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 no. Hi, how y'all doing? No? Hold on. It was in the mega booth, so I'm going to find it. Because it was XCOMI and it felt alright. And I was excited. And I feel like you all should be excited too. And here it is. Is it? Oh, I clicked on a thing and it didn't give me the thing. Come on. Element space. That's it. Element space. So if you're looking at um, XCOMI games, go follow Element Space on Steam because that felt very XCOMI. And it had melee combat too. And that was different. Oh, yes, and I like that. That's the one developed by an Argentinian studio. Yes. So that's out quarter four, 2018. And it could be good, could be great, could be meh. I don't know. It's hard to tell from one map, which is all I played. Um, but I like the look, and it had melee combat, which felt really cool to have in an XCOM style game. So and it's not just melee, it's also guns and stuff. But uh, as you can imagine, that means the melee has to be somewhat powerful because, you know. You're exposing yourself. <laughs> so, I am going to add that to my wish list, actually. Because I forgot to do that. There we go. All right. And, I don't know about that. Okay. Mutants, we have talked about that. Japanese release window has been revealed for the Switch version of Fantasy Star. Like, the original Fantasy Star. <laughs> so, it's going to come out, what? What's the release window? September. This September. And the price for 950 yen, so 10 bucks or so. And uh, look forward to that if you're in Japan. <laughs> or if you want to buy the Japanese version on your U.S. Switch, which you could do. And I don't know what you would, why, but well, I guess why not. If you really want to pay a lot of money for an old game because it's on your Switch and you can't read it, you could do that. Uh, Diablo 3 is coming to Switch. I think that all happened since we last had a show. So, yep, that, yay, yep. That's pretty cool that they got that running on Switch. I wish they would um, make it run better on my MacBook Pro, um, but you know, whatever. Um, yeah. So Diablo three Switch. There's really not much to say there, is there? Just lots of man. If we are in a world where Diablo clones, just you got a lot of options there, and that's cool. I'll leave it at that. Okay, that new Atelier game where you're doing the city building has even more characters in it. So what are they showing? Lily from Atelier Lily, Shallot from Atelier Shally, um, Lydia from Lydia and Swell, Felt from Iris 2, Edge from Iris 3, Hegel and Pamela from various titles, and all going to be in the game. So still don't know. Oh, yeah, we do. Uh, coming out in North America and Europe for PC, PS4, and Switch this winter. So probably early next year. So, Okay. There's your Atelier update. Edge of Eternity is going to early access in November. That's from Pladius and Midgar Studio. Um, that was a kickstarted game like a Eternity ago. And uh, 
it's uh, finally coming to early access. So it's a turn-based and tactical combat combination RPG thing with ATB combat system. And yeah, so except it's like third person, like think action RPG sort of, I don't know what's how that's going to work. So you check it out, go watch the trailer, see if you can figure it out and it'll be in early access soon. And then we'll know dark souls is getting a trilogy collection currently confirmed only for North America and Asia. It'll have dark souls remastered dark souls two and dark souls three, um, for 80 bucks in a steel bookcase on October 19, 2018 for PS4 and Xbox one and comes with all the DLC. So there you go. Yay. If you need more, more dark souls, or if you need to catch up on dark souls, there you can go. Good way to get into the series. Yeah. Um, if instead you don't want to buy a new game and you're like, I just wish people would update the old games that I already have. Um, well, Lucky you, Two Worlds 2 is getting a new expansion, and uh, it's finally out. <laughs> so so it, it's Echoes of the Dark, pa- Dark Past 2. It's a follow-up to the December 2017 multiplayer expansion, Echoes of the Dark Past, which we, yeah. <laughs> which uh, bridges the gap between Two Worlds 2 and its standalone expansion called the Tenebrae. So I don't, I don't know what's going on with this, but there's even more going on two worlds do for reasons i do not understand you can pay six bucks and get this expansion or it's part of the game season pass which well that's one hell of a season (laughs) i'm gonna say that game must have a very tiny but very devoted fan base i guess so it came out in 2011 and we're still getting expansions for it so (laughs) yeah yeah um so there you go so i guess they did a season pass just for the new stuff so that makes sense and uh, they are also making a new Two Worlds game at the same time that I guess they're funding development for that with these expansions. So if you want to play more Two Worlds 2... It's what everyone wanted. It's, it's what everyone wanted, right? You can do that. Uh, Dustin Elysian Tale is coming to Switch. Um, let's see. So Limited Run Games is doing physical or physical edition orders uh, now. I don't know how long they last for. And it's coming to Switch on September 10th. I pre-ordered the uh, collector's edition of the Dust. Oh, did you? Mm. <clears throat> yeah, I th- the collector's edition came with a little USB sword, a plush of Fidget, your Navi character, and I think a soundtrack. Is that all gone now? I don't remember. Really, yeah, don't yeah, the collector's edition okay. is gone. That was like limited, a limited pre-ordered or window plush Fidget last Friday. would be cool. Yeah. What is she yeah. again? Like She's a, a USB nimbat? sword is yeah. cool. Yeah, well, she she looks like a little flying cat, but she's basically your Navi. I think they call her a Nimbat, right? Oh, yeah. right. Whatever that means. I don't remember what exactly she was. I just know that she right, was... She's half cat, half bat, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> right. Good game. I just played that Very recently. I can tell you. It's a good game. <laughs> Very good game. That, that's probably my favorite indie game of yeah. all time. Uh, we talked about Indivisible already. Ashen was shown at Gamescom, so we have some trailers for that. Dragon Quest Builders 2 is coming to Japan in December, so December 20th to be specific. So if you're into the import scene, that's good to, for you to know. Hyper Dimension Neptunia Rebirth 1 gets new DLC on Steam. 
just out of nowhere. Speaking of DLC for old games, uh, it's uh, it's in a single bundle now, or you can buy them individually. I, I don't know why, but you get the Tagalong DLC, the Coliseum Plus Characters DLC, which has some new characters, and a Coliseum, um, and AV Club DLC, which lets you watch... It's, it seems like they're adding features from other games just back into that game. Because why not? So, yeah, this is for the PC version. Um, let's see. Chemco RPGs. Chemco work. They've put out Ferns Gate, F-E-R-N-Z Gate, uh, available on PC via Steam, Xbox One, or uh, PC via Steam. They've also put it on Xbox One and Switch, and PS4, and Vita. It's $13 on Switch and Steam, for $15 on Xbox One, PS4, and Vita. It's a fancy RPG. Um, it's 2D sprite-based graphics and a turn-based combat system, because it's a Kemco game. <laughs> And uh, they've got another cut title coming out soon, September 12th, from uh, the same developer who made this one. So Kemco's publishing these from EXE Create is the developer. So the, the, new, the title coming out later in September is called Revenant Dogma. It is a follow-up to Revenant Saga. <laughs> and that has 2D sprite-based exploration and 3D turn-based battles. And came out on iOS forever ago. All right, Kemco alert over. New Day and Dawn for World Ends With You Final Remix. They've got new info about the scenario, but that's all spoilers, so I'm not going to read that to you. You can go read that if you want to spoil it or just play it. Um, yeah. It's, uh, bah, 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 bah. The death game has now entered its hard mode, and, and things go from there. So, all right, RPG Maker MV, we kind of talked about a little already. It's coming February 26, 2019. Fly High Works has announced Slime Tactics. I like the name, Slime Tactics. It's a new title coming from Ambition of the Slimes developer, Altair Works. It is a 34 minute presentation. If you want to see this, and I have, uh, and I think they're talking about lots of different things in here. It's in Japanese, so okay. Uh, Slime Tactics sees it's players in English. Oh, is it? So the audio is the audio is in Japanese and English. Okay, cool. All right, I don't have the audio up right now. So, uh, the you control weak slimes that can take control of stronger combatants by leaping into them. With the new title featuring groups of slimes taking on much bigger enemies. Oh, I remember that. We talked about a game like that before. That must be the ambition of the slimes game. So, okay, so you can go check that out, and the. 34 minutes in there, they show kind of what's going on. Or they show a little bit of that title. And, uh, yeah. Uh, what else we got? Mercenary Wings has come to Switch in Japan in September. It's a new title from the Mercenary Saga developer, so Anna must be excited for this. Um, September 27th. I don't know when it'll come out here, but they say it'll come out here sometime this year. Look forward to more mercenaries. Uh, Insomnia the Ark is coming out this month. It's uh, September 27th will be its date. It has been in development for eight years. It's been two Kickstarter campaigns for it. Uh, it's set on Object 6, a space station set on a 400-year journey. Sent on a The space station is on a journey. A 400-year journey to find a new home, and you wake up from a cryogenic sleep 
suffering from a rare, a rare psychological disease and supposedly holding humanity's last hope as they explore the metropolis of the station. 60 hours of content, 4 potential NPC companions, 12 different endings. Watch the trailer on the site now. All right. We have some Kickstarters to tell you about. Um, keeping it brief, don't have the time for the full check-in today. Secondia is a 3D action RPG from Austrian studio Dyadic Games. And uh, it's been inspired by Zelda and Secret of Mana, Terra Enigma, and Final Fantasy and stuff. Um, and Chronicle, Xenoblade Chronicles and Bravely Default, apparently, too. So you can see that it's 3D. Um, it's... You know, it's early, it's a Kickstarter game, but you can see if you want to back it or not. Um, Sikandia, S-I-K-A-N-D-A, Sikanda, 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 I don't know. So, check that out. There's also Code of the Savage. It's a, a title from solo developer Jeff Jones. Um, it's probably done now, isn't it? So you can't really back that at this point, but you can see what it was. Um... And it is inspired by classic computer RPGs. So another one of those. Kickstarter of a old school computer RPG. This is very 2D. Um, very old school inspired. Um, there's a Kickstarter for, for Starflight 3, which is a revival of the Starflight series, which is very old sci-fi games that inspired a lot of later games. Um, it is, uh, as Randy Pitchford says, uh, without Starflight 3, there was no Gearbox, and thus there's no Borderlands, so... If you want to go back that and uh, do it, it's on Fig, and that'll go in. They've got they want eight hundred thousand dollars by September twenty eighth, and of course you can get a copy of the game as part of your rewards. They're at two hundred seventy. Huh? Sorry, I love Star you, the original Starflight. Are you back in the new one? Didn't know about it, but I'm gonna look into it now. Yeah, go check it out. They're at two hundred seventy thousand out of eight hundred thousand, so they need some love. They've only got 19 days left. See how that goes. Uh, Dolmen is a cosmic horror sci-fi RPG. So if you want more of that cosmic horror stuff going on, that is... Let's see. They want they they want 15,000 by October 4th. That's They don't want very much at all. And this looks way too expensive of a development for 15,000. So I don't know what's going on there. Um, but go, go see if you can figure out what's going on there. Dolmen, D-O-L-M-E-N. Um, finally, we've got Destiny Chronicles and Nighthawks. Destiny Chronicles has uh, is an RPG. It's an action RPG, and they've uh, they tried and failed to get it funded last year. So now they got a new att campaign with a demo, and they want about forty four thousand dollars by October fifth. So you can check that out if you care. Destiny Chronicles, or that's Destiny Chronicles, and they got anime art work for the thing so check that out uh nighthawks is a vampire rpg from unavowed developer watch it i games oh they do adventure games um they have teamed up with uh the writer from sunless sea and long journey home for a new game about uh playing as a vampire who just arrived in the city looking for a fresh start and uh starts three months after the player player's death and rebirth as a vampire Story-driven RPG slash undead life simulation. I like the sound of that. <laughs> I might. Back, I'm gonna. I'm gonna check that out later. I might back that. They want 125,000, um, but it's from Wadget Eyes, and they do. Um, they very much um, deliver. So they're good at making games. So. And Dave Gilbert. Why do I know that name? Oh, just because it's. His last name is the same as Steve Gilbert or whatever, right? So we made adventure oh, games Ron back. Gilbert. Ron, Ron Gilbert. Thank you. That's the one I was looking for. 
but not related to him, right? So, very weird. You never know. <laughs> All right. Uh, ignoring that for now, we have... Um, I, I, for some reason, I have the pizza delivery boy who saved the world up on my screen. That is not a story on our site. What is going on here? Okay. No, I, just not, I just don't hear it seemed like a weird... <laughs> what? Oh, the pizza... I just not hear it seemed like a weird one that she might... The pizza delivery boy who seemed saved the world. Oh, it's an FMV game. Oh shoot! Or uh, is it just real sure. art? I think it's visual. I think it's visual novel with photos. Visual novel with. Oh, I like this. I'm adding this to my wish list. Um, it's only six dollars. I'm getting a very plumbers don't wear ties vibe from the screenshots of that game. Okay, I'm totally just. Yeah, I like the look of that. So I'll just see if I can get Anna into playing it. <laughs> <sighs> that looks cool. Um, and Stellaris has a new thing coming, right? Is that what's in here too? Coming to console. Stellaris is coming to console. Cool. All right. Uh, we have like a bazillion editorials up. So there's a Metal Max Xeno impression, a Banner Saga three review, a Rainbow Skies review, a Yakuza Kiwami two review. Um, and people should check out the Kiwami two launch trailer. Oh really? Yeah. Is it awesome? It's the Majima Company theme song. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Definitely should check that out. Uh, Jimmy and the Pulsating Mass has a review. Phantom Doctrine has a review. Dragon Quest Eleven has a review. Spoiler, he liked it. Sh- City of the Shroud impression. Limited Run Games has an interview. Dragon Quest Monsters Joker 3 has an import review. Adventure Corners. So we're... We're finally doing the adventure game thing, which is which is giving up and doing it. It sounds like we've got punchline and distress in there. Um, woo, I love it. Okay, feedback. I don't even remember what our question of the week was. Um, what game were you looking forward to most in the fall? Okay, Lord Golbez says lots of stuff coming out. Um, Shenmue one and two, Dragon Quest eleven, Spider Man, Sp- Shadow of the Tomb Raider. So a lot of stuff coming out in the next few weeks to hold my interest. Um, and mentions it's hard to figure out how you're going to do it all. Might wait for some price drops in there. So, Shenmue and De- Dragon Quest Eleven for now, says Lord Goldness. Budai says Yakuza 2 and Dragon Quest Eleven. Bobby Watson says, thanks to the purchase of both Nintendo Classic consoles, a Switch, and two full-price Monster Hunter games, my gaming budget for this year is already blown. So, nothing new for me this fall. Uh... <laughs> I will definitely get Valkyrie Chronicles 4, Dragon Quest Eleven, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, Mega Man Eleven, and Assassin's Creed Odyssey next year when they're on sale. <laughs> uh, Strawberry Egg says, from what I recall, Tear Ring Saga was originally going to be called Emblem Saga and apparently even had some story ties to early Fire Emblems. That must be fe- follow-up from something we talked about last time. Uh, you can uh-huh. imagine why Nintendo filed a lawsuit against the publisher. Um, I'm definitely getting The World Ends With You final remix as soon as it comes out. Everything else... I either what I'm either going to wait for or not that interested in it to begin with. Victor says uh, Dragon Quest Eleven is a must buy, must play immediately game. I have it pre ordered. I'm a Kickstarter backer of the Bard Tale Four, so the only issue that uh, there is whether I'll have time to play any PC game other than World of Warcraft. And the Persona da- Persona Dancing Endless Night Collection is very tempting, as is the World Ends with You. I'm I'm seeing some themes. Dragon Quest and World Ends With You seems to be the top two. Um, mm. Gamer Esquire says, Question of the week, like Kelly, I have had to create a spreadsheet in order to track the fall create 
releases. As much yeah, as I would yeah. like to play Dragon Quest XI, I will hold off for the Switch version. Octopath Traveler has been the JRPG experience I was looking for, so I can delay Dragon Quest without going through RPG withdrawal. Valkyrie Chronicles 4 may be my next purchase, followed by Mega Man 11. The World Ends With You Final Remix and Diablo Eternal for Switch. Spider-Man warrants an honorable mention, but I would like to see final reviews and some gameplay videos before making a purchase decision. Like Dragon Quest XI, that may be delayed to 2019. And, uh, late breaking news, <laughs> he posted this after the Grandia 1 and 2 got announced. Uh, with the late breaking news, I wanted to add the Grandia 1 and 2 HD collection to the list of games I will absolutely be purchasing this year. Could not have asked for a better surprise. Yeah, I, I will definitely be playing through those again. I The first time I played through Grandia 2, I was blown away that, uh, the voice actors were from Metal Gear Solid for yeah. the two main characters. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I do not have a question of the week for you this week. I just need to end um, the I'm, show. <laughs> I'm, I'm th- I think of, I thought of one just now. What game would you like to see revived like uh, Two Point Hospital? All right, writing that down right now. Point Hospital. All right, boom, locked in. Tell us. You can send us your feedback at podcast at rpgamer.com. Call or text us at 608-729-4098, or most easily, just post in the show thread right there on the website. Go click on the web, on the podcast and just post your comment. Woo! Game releases coming out this week. We've got, um, I think, a bunch that we mentioned earlier, and here's some of them. Dust and Legion Tale, Wasteland 2 for the Switch, Bastion for the Switch, Dust was for the Switch, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 for the Switch. Um, goodness. That's the expansion, or that uh, prequel story? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. With the really weird physical situation going on. Yeah. <laughs> Um, was there anything else RPG coming out? Um, no, we don't count. We don't count uh, SNK Heroines, I don't think, uh, or Pinball. No, Hyperlight Drifter. Do we cover that? That's on the Switch, or that's mm, out now. I maybe guess. Yeah. maybe <laughs> peripheral. Okay, and duh, 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 nothing there. And is it? I'm just checking because it feels like it's September. There's got to be like 80 other things. But I guess the next thing on everyone's list but is that's um, in like two weeks. <laughs> is what else comes out? Yeah. See, for for me, the real game again is October. Yeah, I don't know. It feels like it was last week to me. <laughs> well, yeah, last week. <laughs> Too many. <laughs> and but, but you have plenty of time. Just get uh, dust for now and play through that and marvel at the hand drawn graphics and. The fact that that game was made by one person. Or keep playing Dragon Quest. <laughs> or apparently go play Destiny. Or, I don't know. Spider-Man's a good choice, or too. Or Spider-Man. <laughs> all the stuff we just listed in our little question of the week. We're just saying it all again. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. that's going to make it better. Oh, man. September 18th and 21st. Just too much. Mm. Okay. Uh, I gotta close this. It's depressing how many games are coming. It, it's not depressing. It's awesome. What, Anna? Shibuya Scramble. Yeah, we just got that. Shibuya Scramble 428. Yeah, we just hit. We just got that. Oh, that just arrived. Um, um, something I want to play, but not like. Doesn't seem to have all the attention. 
That's like an adventure game for console finally come out in the US. Jeez. No, I guess we're fine. We're fine. We're all fine. We're going to play Dragon Quest Eleven, and we're waiting for Two Worlds. Not Two Worlds. Sorry. <laughs> There's plenty of Two Worlds, too, if you want to play that right now. But no, we're waiting for The World Ends With You. That's the one I meant. <laughs> See, I, I ended up canceling my pre-order for that and going for Disgaea 1 Complete. Disgaea 1 Complete instead? You haven't already played Disgaea 1 enough? Yeah, but Disgaea is probably one of my favorite games of all time. I still need to play through 2DS and 5, so that's where I'm at with with Disgaea. Um, DS2? What's it called? I forget. um, Disgaea D2 you can skip. D2, that's it. Yeah, it it really just feels like DLC for the first game. Well, but I want DLC for the first game. Yeah, but it was a $60 DLC, technically. Oh, well, there you go. I bought it already. It's a question I just haven't played it. I went about this at length on Backtrack. It wasn't that great. That's what Not for a full it makes sequel. makes me s- sad. As a sequel, it should like actually develop characters and stuff, and it sounds like everyone's just nope. disappointed. It, it ham-fistedly developed Etna a little bit, but other than that, it was just... It, it felt like DLC, sadly. And Laharl learns about gender issues. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um... <laughs> That's uh, that's gonna be it. What are you gonna play this week, Kelly? Dragon Quest. Jonathan. Uh, Divinity. Divinity. Alex. Um, Wasteland Two and Xenoblade Torna. Wasteland Two? Did you say? Yeah. Where, where did that I come have, from? <laughs> I have the Switch guide. Okay, cool. I don't know how much I can talk about it, which I didn't mention earlier. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. All right. Wasteland. I like that game. Mm. I'm going to play... Oh, I don't even know what to play. I, I, something between Dragon Quest, um, Yakuza, and um, the Spider-Man. <laughs> One or all of the above. Because I cannot decide between the three. So, there we go. Thanks, everybody, for watching. We're going to catch you next week. Oh, my gosh, I'm so hungry. I need to go eat. Because we started late, and it's like 3 o'clock now. <sighs> all right. Any words of wisdom for people? Um, don't eat yellow snow. That's what you always say. It's really. It's always true. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm I'm just saying that's good advice all around. It is good advice. There's no snow outside. Give it time. Definitely definitely don't eat something. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next week. Bye now. See you.